Hi there, listener. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Just so you know, this show contains explicit language and some possible adult themes. Listeners under 13 or anyone who could be offended by the subject matter are given caution. Hello, I'm Wesley Van Hoosen, and this is Good Food for Bad Friends. On this podcast, I'll have a different guest every week to talk about their history with food. Along with each episode, you can find recipes inspired by the featured guest on our website, goodfoodbadfriends.com. Kate was my first foodie friend. We met when I was only 17 years old, and I hadn't really found my identity with food yet. She was already accomplished as far as planning and executing meals for a group of people. When I saw that, I knew I had found my person to hang out with. Kate and I grew close, and when I started my own time at Wesleyan, I could always be found at her suite on our campus that she shared with other good friends of mine. Those years in college are sprinkled with memories of amazing food and great conversations with Kate, and when she graduated and left, I was incredibly thankful that I had become friends with such an amazing person. After college, Kate got married and has since had two kids of her own with her husband. They're probably the cutest kids ever, and I was even lucky enough to meet her daughter when she was barely a few months old. It's strange with college friends because many of us go separate ways when the four years come to an end. I moved away to Chicago, and Kate has stayed in my hometown of Lincoln to raise her family. Despite the sudden change of seeing someone almost every day for three years to living large distances away from each other, Kate is still one of the most special people to me. When I first got to know her, I didn't have the kind of cooking experience that I do now, and I hadn't yet fully discovered my own passions around food. Kate played a big part in that discovery. Over our Christmas break one year, I visited her in her hometown of Wayne, Nebraska, and she gave me a Christmas present, the All-American Pillsbury Cookbook. Together, we made a tiramisu recipe out of the book, and then went around her hometown eating at her favorite local spots. I will always remember that visit because it was the first time a friend had given me a cookbook of something that was not desserts. Up to that point, my only cookbooks were of cakes, cookies, or pies. I felt so special when I carried that cookbook home. I knew that not only a friend, but a very good cook had faith in my ability. Kate's encouragement, creativity, and fearlessness in the kitchen is what showed me that I could do it too. I'm so happy to have this next guest on the show. We talked so much that this will actually be the first two-parter of Good Food for Bad Friends. Ladles and Jelly Spoons, please welcome to the podcast my very good friend, Kate Demaret. The one reason I am really excited for this is because uh, you were like the first foodie friend that I made. Because most yes. of my friends were not, they like liked food, but they didn't cook. They didn't watch Food uh-huh. Network. They didn't praise the, the chefs on um, Food Network like we did. The thing that I first remember cooking with you was a butter cake. Yes. Yes, I it do remember It was a gooey this. butter cake. And then I made lasagna sandwiches. But I don't know if you were there for that. I, I know wasn't that there. I, I wasn't there. Kirk, but, yeah. Kirk, Brandon Kirch, Dinger, obviously, Steve Lebed's. Oh, you know, love them. Oh, I Steve. I know. Shout out Steve LeBeds and Dinger. I miss Dinger. He used to live here and, it, uh, you know, it's he moved He's out Cali to LA. Now. Yeah. And LeBeds is still here. I never see him. He's so freaking busy. 
I know. He's always sandwiched. I made a painting sandwich for him. Busy. I, I just wrote the word him. sandwich and said it. That I just Did want you, you to know I wrote the word sandwich and just said it out loud. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my you god. know, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Anyway, but yeah, um lasagna sandwich. Uh, so is that yeah. like is it like Texas toast? It's it's is garlic, lasagna? it's garlic toast. So okay. garlic Texas toast. And then I made homemade lasagna, like homemade lasagna you know i have had your lasagna before i know i've had it because yeah. and it was left over somewhere you know maybe it was probably in, at dingers yeah yeah because brandon lived next brandon door. lived next door yeah yeah so i've definitely i yeah. know i've had your lasagna because brandon was, lived with jacoby at the time and i was dating jacoby and you were dating so. jacoby oh man it's so crazy how i got to know you too because i, I still i was still in high school when i, I know and I when was, you told me that i was just like "Ooh, is this legal <laughs> yeah 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 but it was it's so crazy. i had known jacoby who um i'd known him in high school so he yeah. graduated from my high school he was like a couple years above me and then i broke up with my high school boyfriend and, I remember that. and it was like, like a lot i remember of, you was, telling me this story a lot of I mean, my life was so drama at that. And you came and started hanging out with Jacoby and Brandon. And yeah, I, remember, I, I saw you all the time. Well, I was friends with Richard, too. So I should say yeah. I did meet you because mostly I think Richard was how I met you first. Was it no? mostly Richard? I don't know. No, because I met I, Krista. And then I thought that I had met you in, in like another group See, and Krista was him. my next door neighbor in johnson hall it was a whole three, thing three ac johnson hall <laughs> that place is bougie as shit now you know and what i'm though? like i'm stronger <laughs> for it i'm stronger for it you have not lived and or anything until you're in a stifling hot all girls dormitory and it's the middle of winter and you have to sleep with your window open because the boiler is too effective i know that like i had become like a part of that group of people and i was very mm -hmm. very blessed that everyone took me in and you know i still you know look on those times so fondly of like i i had kind mm -hmm. of an, a new set of friends who I mean, I didn't make the best impressions, but I still was okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, I always am like, I, mean, yeah, I was a little rough around the edges. But. Does anybody really make the best impression? I don't think so. I know. I mean, and I don't it's think so so. funny because like, I do really fondly remember like my freshman year when I was a student, that's what I think I remember the most vividly because you came we to my suite to, all the time. We would go to your suite all the time. I fall, I would like sleep there. I was like mm -hmm. fall, I'd fallen asleep there a couple times and um and I also would like just camp there because Megan and I would hang out and get into whatever yeah. buffoonery we would be yes, in. Yes, because it was <laughs> Megan, it was Megan, Maddie Schoonover, Krista, and I in the suite. And then across the hall was Jordan Zuha, Kirk Kosanowski, Ryan Sorensen, and, and Dan. Dan. Kelly. And I'm like, it was the it was the best corner of a building ever. I, you know, we, do, so, we did so much stupid shit. Oh, yeah. And I was I wasn't um, really friends with Dan. So I didn't really go to their place that often. But like I was always at they would house. stop by all the time. Like Jordan oh, yeah. would randomly swing by and eat all of our chips. Like, I remember that. Or I remember one time Megan he came was over so mad. 
Megan made cookies once and burned them. She and- burned the bottom and the top was rock. And Jordan came over to eat them and he literally was like, oh my God, and spat them out. <laughs> that or when so she funny. she burned she burned popcorn so oh badly. It didn't set on fire. Yeah, it, it was like pretty smoking. darn close because her family, her family microwave is like ancient at the time. Oh and so she's no. like, I put it in for you know five minutes, and it's like five minutes. Yeah. You're not roasting a chicken. No, and I was like, popcorn. Megan, there's a popcorn button. Um, and <laughs> but it, it burned so badly that I walked in and I was like, why does it smell like nasty hot dog in here? I was why? there when that happened. I was there because it was, I want to say it was around Halloween. It was. It was Megan had gotten one of those like mini act two Halloween popcorn bags. Like, you know, they're like the ones you give out for trick-or-treaters. And so those take not even a minute. And that was one of those. I remember you watched and you were like, the look on your face was like, <laughs> like what the did world you do? Dropped out from under you. Like, why does it smell like burnt popcorn? <laughs> you took such well, a not even burnt breath. popcorn. I said, why does it smell like burnt hot dog in here? <laughs> why does it smell it, like burnt hot dog? I'm sure in my mind, it's become this like, you know, Tennessee Williams scene of burnt popcorn. But like, it's, I, <laughs> I so solidly remember you walking in and just being like, what Why? did you do? Yeah, you were livid, immediately livid. Like, <laughs> Why does it smell like this? Because <laughs> it's and just that like, uh, oh, nasty it was... smells, nasty smells. Oh, I can't, I can't do it. Like having lived in my own apartment, like it's just that communal smell of like, oh, everybody's dinner at once, plus weed and probably cigarettes. You know, it's just like I can't. Like it's too much smells. I get that. And you know, what's funny is that like when I, when I cook here, you know, in my, in my apartment, like I have a pretty spacious apartment for Chicago, like it's two bedroom, big kitchen and living room. And we have a slight cockroach problem right now because of our neighbors and fine. And it'll, it'll, it'll pass. Raid is on the way. So (laughs) I'm like, I'm not doing this. I keep my kitchen clean. Damn it. Like, so because I'm, I'm really like my mom. I've become my mother about yeah. cleaning and like the stove has to be clean. The counters have to be clean. The cabinets have to be clean. It's like, it's bad. I think it's, I think cleaning became a relief mechanism for me early in the pandemic because Probably. as a server, I'm like, I'm barely home. Like in the days off I have, I'm not, I'm not cooking. I'm fucking ordering Chinese. Well, yeah. <laughs> well and not only that, like with the pandemic and everything that happened, it, it, everything was so out of our control that it's like, what can I control in this uncontrollable situation? I can control how clean my house is. I can control, um, I can control, you know, my hair color. I can control what I read, what I do. Like I can control everything in yeah. my little bubble. In my cer- in and my so that land. makes, yeah. that makes total sense to but, me. Yeah. So it's, um, but it, what was I talking about? Oh, cooking and like smells and stuff. Well, Luckily, our neighbors are good cooks because they good. made beef stew today. And I was like, oh, damn, now I want beef stew. Like, oh, that's so get the mail. And I was like, oh, it smells really good out here. <laughs> like, but, that's amazing. But no, yeah, it's I'm, I'm thankful for that. <laughs> like, no, in my apartment, my neighbor to the OK, so my apartment door. I was on the north side of the building. OK, sure. sure. Across the hall, my neighbors were Vietnamese and. Mm-hmm. So what they cooked smelled great. 
Like, mm-hmm. and I could smell it, right? They also smoked a lot of pot. So like everything reeked all the time, sure. which is fine. I don't mind. But like my neighbor on this side of me, on the right side of me, she was African. And so we had all of those different types of spices. And down the hall, like there was there was two Hispanic families. There was an Indian family. And so it was like there was all these different cultures and all these different spices spices and smells and everything that it's like, it did not mix well. Mm. It, not to mention the fact that the stairwell always smelled like stale cigarette, like stale cigarette. And it's just like, Oh man, I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah. It's when I lived in my first building here with mm-hmm. Aaron, we lived in the basement unit. So luckily we weren't too prone to like all the smells but we did have these lovely African ladies that lived on the very top floor. And I used to have to, you know, this is pre-pandemic, this is years ago. I would yeah. help bring their groceries up because they were these two little old African women. And I think one was like middle-aged and one was older, but they would buy these like 25 pound bags of flour and sugar. And they're like, they would knock on my door and they're like, can you help me? I'm like, yeah. And it became like a weekly thing. They would go shopping on the days I had off. So I could help bring their groceries out, but their food always smelled really, really good. And they always were like, someone cooks really well on the bottom floor. I'm like, that's me. That's me cooking. And they're like, cause I would make curry a lot. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, it always smells. We thought they were Indian. And I'm like, no, Aaron and I just eat a lot of curry. I, <laughs> just, oh my gosh. I we, we ate curry like once a week, at least in our house. I love, love, love Indian food. Like, yeah. I just, everything about it, everything about it. I just, I love it. I love it. I could live off of samosas. There is, oh my God. I love samosas so much. <laughs> Meanwhile, Nora's talking to herself. Um, but yeah, no, okay. Oh, that's so cute. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Um, I had to show a, you. There's a, oh no, it, I love it. It's so, so adorable. Ugh, I can't wait to have nieces and nephews. I was telling my mom when I was home for Christmas, I was like, I really miss having little kids around during the holidays and, you know, Santa coming and doing, getting to do all that. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, I miss that. My brother and I are old now, (laughs) you know, he's at, he's, he still lives with my mom, but of course he's such a, you know, he's so much angstier than I am, but like, you know, but it's, it, we do, I do miss having little kids. Around I know. Holidays. Oh, can't wait until my brother has a family. <laughs> or Richard. I don't know. Like, but yeah. Um, well, what was I, what were we talking about? Oh, goodness. Basically, curry. Curries. Curries. Yes. I do love curry. Plus, <laughs> we live, we live near Little India here in Chicago. So we can, mm-hmm. we get like the legit curry, like, and it's oh. up the street. It's not far at all, it's like a five minute drive. So, I used to do a lot of shopping there too because they would just have these stores and just like rows and rows of spices and stuff like you can't find. Oh, at the see, and that's store. what I want. That is what I want. Um, Aaron and I went to um, this little market on North 27th in in the, you know, the, the portion of um, North 27th by like Bonwich and Lobos Market. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. Lobos Market. Yeah. 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 So that it was right across the street from Lobos Market. I don't know if it's still open. This was like two years ago that we went. Sure. Um, 
but uh um we went in and it it was it was unassuming it was an unassuming shop um it was it was halal and um you know there were certain things where i'm like oh i don't know if i you know because some of the produce didn't look so great which is fine sure but they had a wall of you know you know those bags of green uh spices there's like Um, it's ah, man there's i think you would recognize it if you saw it hyvee carries them a lot um but uh, a wall of these spices. And so I have like, I have dried hibiscus flower. I have dried chamomile. I have Persian dill. I have this stuff called, okay, and you, okay, it's fascinating. And I don't really know what it is, but it's called mango spice. I've never heard of it. Uh-huh. I didn't either. And I was like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to grab this. And when I went to go check out, he was like, do you know what this is? And I go, no, it seems cool though. He goes, hold on he goes back and he grabs his mother who he's like 60 okay yeah so he went back and back and grabbed his little mom and she's this tiny little woman and she Mm -hmm. came out she goes okay here's what you do you take chicken specifically chicken you put it in a bowl coconut milk and this and you just let it sit and then you cook it like that and i'm like okay or yogurt um and so i made it like that and it's it does not taste like mango. So I don't know why they call it mango spice. It's yellow like a mango, Maybe that's but it why. is salty. I mean, I liked it. I love salty liked it. food though. Oh my I God. love salty food. It is, my, it, is, it is my weakness. Salty food is my weakness. Cheese, cheese. Oh my God, cheese. Oh gosh, I lost my pen. Cheese is the you most- give me, you, you give me any kind of cheese, except for blue cheese. I... I can handle a mild really? blue cheese. Yeah. That surprises me, I guess. I yeah, I can. I love blue mm-hmm. cheese. So mm-hmm. I've come mm-hmm. to love it. But. I'm like that woman. I'm like that woman. There's mold in blue cheese. Blue cheese has mold in it. Um, <laughs> blue cheese has mold in it. But it's fun colors. It's fine. I know. So. Um, no, it's the thing. The thing about it is it's the fact that it has that funk of like, oh, this is spoiled. So my brain is like, this is bad. Got it. Um, I understand that. That kind of, gar- it's garbagey. And I, that's a terrible adjective, but it's garbagey. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm just like, ooh. Um, no, uh, I yeah. I literally, the last the last month, um, I've bought four wheels of Brie. Oh, I love Brie. Oh, what kind this- do you buy? What brand? Let me ask you. Let me let me go because I feel like I'm on a never-ending hunt of a good brie. Don't I, look at my messy ass kitchen. Oh, okay. Please, oh, please. there's my chickens. Chickens. Okay. Is that like a is that like a chicken dinner? Um, it is. It is a painting that was left at my old house on 13th Street, and it's oh. an original painting. They just left it at the house when oh, they moved. Chickens playing cards. Yeah, it's called Cackles and Canasta. <laughs> That's lovely. I and love um I I dubbed each one a name back in college. Um that one, that one right there is Alex Flint. Uh-huh. That one right there is Jessica Schluter. Nice. That one right there is Rachel Pickerel. <laughs> and that is me. 
I love it. I love I Rachel know. specifically. I know. Just the it's wing. just it's, it's like, just so perfect. It's so perfect. No, okay. So oh my gosh, this, you, and I have this, you and I have the same cabinetry. That's really funny. Uh, like, I like want me. handles. I want handles. Oh, mine has handles, but I hate them. This. Okay, so it's La Bon. Okay, La Bon. It is. Yep, La Bon V. It is a triple cream brie. If you're going to eat brie, you may as well just say fuck it and get triple cream, because That's, it is yeah. far superior. It is far superior. Um, and then also. I like I always have brie, I have mascarpone. I love mascarpone. Um, mascarpone, whatever however the fuck you say. I watch too I, much Great British Bake Off and they they call it mascarpone. And so I say and mascarpone. I, and I, I'm I'm from, you know, the Midwest where it's like mascarpone. <laughs> like mascarpone? Like, mascarpone. Mascarpone? Yeah, I, always, I always try to be like Nigella Lawson with food with foods I can't pronounce and just come up with a fun pronunciation of them. Do you not like Nigella? Um, um, I believe I know who Nigella is because there was, <laughs> there was, I watched this one video by Lad Baby. You know Lad Baby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there he was watching Nigella and he goes, just listen to this, listen to this. And it was like, put it in the microwave. Yeah, it was a Darling, joke. Darling, we have a microwave. <laughs> there, there was this joke because she always like, I love Nigella Loss and her recipes are actually really good. It's very good. Like specifically her Italian food is insane. Like she did her gap year there and has always studied the food, but she'll mispronounce things just to kind of be funny. But that one like took off because I watched that when it happened, like on the show and she was like, just going to pop it in my micro wave. And I was like, oh, that's funny. We say it weird too. (laughs) Well, because I'm just, they're just like, I'm more like, was that on purpose? Because I I haven't seen the actual episode, and so, and I haven't seen any of her other shows. Sure. Yeah. So, and, and for so, her fans, we knew it was like, oh, this is a running gag. Yeah. But I think a lot of people were like, that's how she says it. And I was like, low key offended. I was like, girl, <laughs> girl, you know, Nico Wave. I thought it was funny because I'm like, she's really, she's really goofy. Like she's, she's very well read though. Like she was a book edit, like a book reviewer. And, you know, yeah. and then she got a cooking show and yeah, she's like a, she's really, I like her, her recipes a lot, but um, I always think of Bob's Burgers when they say microwave, that was the one that always made me mad. It's like, I don't know how to use a microwave. <laughs> like, why, oh my God. why do they say it that way? I, uh, Aaron actually bought me, I have the Bob's Burgers cookbook. I have that too. I love it. It is so good. So it is good. so good. They are solid recipes. They are. They are. And that was one thing that I got it for. It was so funny. I got it for my uncle for Christmas and someone got it for me the same year. Like we all got the Bob's Burgers burger cookbook. And I remember when I brought it home, Dylan looked through it and he's like, these are really good recipes. Yes. Like. The one with the black garlic, I'm like, oh my god, it sounds divine. I really want to try that one. Yeah, um, I like the. There's one with gouda that I. It's like a. It's like a bacon gouda burger, but I forget what it's called. It's it, gouda is the pun, but I forget uh-huh. what it is. But yeah, I it can't is a remember. great cookbook. It's one of the better novelty cookbooks for sure. It's true. It's it is better than the um, Adventure Time one. I to be fair, I do love Adventure Time very much. You know, um, Dylan and I when we on our first date we would cuddle and watch adventure time so i always tell him when we get married that's we'll what have to have... aaron and i would do oh, i think didn't you guys wasn't his groom's cake an adventure time cake 
at your wedding? No, no. no. Uh, we had um, Why, who? Someone I know did that. I don't know. We had three cookie cakes, and they all had from uh, from Eileen's, and yes. they each had a character from Alice. On right, because that was your that was your theme. Yep. Okay, yeah. I thought for some maybe that's another friend, but I know that you two had a bond with Adventure Time. Oh gosh, I, I told Dylan when we get married the groom's cake because you know I'm traditional, so I'm still like, no, I'm having a wedding cake. You're getting a groom's. I'm cake. the I'm in this situation. Damn I'm the bride. <laughs> I have to be a best man twice. I may as well be a bride. You know, like I, I um, but yeah, he, uh, he oh shit, what was I talking about? Oh we want to have his groom's cake be an adventure time cake, but it's because it's just such, and it's so funny. We don't watch adventure time that so much now, but at the beginning of our relationship, that was such a pivotal. It is. It was the first thing. You never really lose it. It's one of those things where you never really lose it. And And then you stumble upon it. Yeah. And then you stumble upon it again and you're just like, Oh yeah. I remember now. Yeah. Like, Oh, cause I was I'm, I'm, I, I identify so deeply with Jake. I just do. Right. I just do. And so I, I was Jake and Aaron was my, my, um, lady Rainicorn. <laughs> I'm everyone's lumpy space princess. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I'm Duchess Gummy Bonds. <laughs> I really oh, I'm know. Randy Butternubs. <laughs> I also remember Cinnamon bun. Megan was cinnamon bun. Cinnamon bun. I'm cinnamon bun. (laughs) I'm cinnamon bun. No, shut up. I have a Lumpy Space Princess plushie in my recording booth. I have, you'll love this. I have Cartman. um, I have Cartman, Domo, Lumpy Space Princess, and Gandalf. (laughs) Gandalf the White. Because I like Gandalf the White. Sue me. Fair, I do too. He's spunky and sparky. Yeah, he and he also has a buttload of power. He's like, uh, yeah, super freaking powerful. I mean, hello, again, off the gray wasn't, but yeah, I don't know. But my brother got me that, and I also have a Patrick plushie on my bedside table. That's like my, that my brother got me. My brother buys all of these for me. I never buy them, but <laughs> no, uh, Adventure my Time one, is a big thing for me and Dylan. My one thing against Gandalf the White. When he came back, met back up with Aragorn and all those people, why didn't he send for the Eagles then? Because the Eagles work on a system of favors. And he yeah, was I in know. favor to the Eagles during that time because they carried him to Lothlorien for Galadriel. That's true. To okay, okay, fine. Okay, fine. I still hey, think I, that <laughs> I still think that there was expedited measures to ending that. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I always think like, why didn't why didn't they give the ring to Tom Bombadil to take to Middle Earth? Tom right. Bombadil isn't affected by it, but right. he didn't want anything to do with it, I guess. But or the other thing I always think of, it's like, why didn't in the movies this bothers me? Why um, Glorfindel isn't there, or what's his face? It's like he played a pretty big role. Yeah. They, they sub him for Arwen, which I get. Yeah, Liv Tyler's yeah. pretty, but like you know, and she's it was great. that that. N- necessary love interest and i'm like you know i get it but glorfindel is such a major character to lord yeah. of the rings and i don't know yes. i have my own qualms about the i movie. don't so know amazon's remaking it so amazon's starting it in the the battle of uh with morgoth like the pre pre lord of the rings story did you not see this 
Amazon TV is coming out with a new Lord of the Rings miniseries and it starts when the elves- Amazon TV? Or Amazon, yeah, they have their own like show department. Like they make their own original programming for Prime TV. Oh, well, I have Prime so I could have access to it. Yeah, yeah, so you'll have access to it, yeah. If it's Amazon, you'll have access to it if you have Prime. But basically, yeah, it's like a it's like an in-depth miniseries and it starts when the elves first arrive in Middle-earth. Yeah, so like you'll get to see like young Galadriel and you know, like the other elves and I think the Numenor are part of this one too. Do we see the start of Galadriel and Gandalf's sordid love? Oh my god. That's not that's that's just a thing I Peter know, Jackson did. It always pisses me off because I'm like, they weren't lovers. Ian McKellen put it best. He's talking about him being gay, but Ian McKellen's like, Gandalf's been alive for 7,000 years. <laughs> He's not interested in sex. Like, <laughs> 7,000 no, years old. The thing, the thing that, the thing that just, I don't count the Hobbit. Um, everything, nope, 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 nope. Everything about, uh, everything. I, I have no happiness when sure. it comes to those films. Um, the only, happiness i have is one watching billy Connolly write in on a giant boar that was wonderful that's true love that um and then i think my mom in the final battle huh i think my mom liked that too yeah and in the final battle of the third film um it's like peter jackson was just like okay we need trolls and all these other things so let's just put a bunch of weird um attributes and a hat and i'm just gonna draw and there's if you watch it and watch closely there's a giant troll that's literally like a blob with wooden pegs for legs and arms (laughs) it's like he's just said fuck it i don't care anymore i'm so tired he does look exhausted yeah i don't know the thing that The thing that I didn't get about The Hobbit was like, okay, you're including the appendices. That's cool. That's great. But, but do it correctly. Like, yes. Thank you. It's like, why do, you know, okay, I don't understand how they did not tell the story right when, like, I don't know. There's so much in the appendices that they also left out that I didn't really appreciate like the turning of saruman and how yes that's that happens during that time period yeah. he's starting to turn evil and you see yeah. i mean they sort of like leave sauron to me i'm like how about we leave to the fact that you go searching for the ring after this yeah and you go kind of crazy or you dirty slime ball yeah i know or how galadriel like i think i know gandalf fought and one at one point gandalf almost did die but i don't know if the whole kiss of galadriel thing actually happened or what but either i did i did really appreciate only one scene in the hobbit and it is when galadriel banishes sauron to mordor because that is canon that does happen and the way that they filmed it was probably the only part of those movies where i was like that is how it's done Okay, that I guess you're canon. right. But I the guess rest you're right. It, the Hobbit story itself, I thought was just, it's, here's the thing. It's not as thrilling as Lord of the Rings. It's kind of no. a snooze of a book. And I'm like. Well, because it was, he wrote, he wrote it for children. Yeah, it was, that's a thing. It's, it's a not children's book. And I think they're trying and, to elevate it to 
the Lord of the Rings like mm-hmm. war. And I'm like, the Lord of the Rings is so much darker than the Hobbit. Yeah. The Hobbit is so light and airy. There's song. The there's so many songs and and little like little asides and it's just like yeah it's it's catered toward children because it was written about and dwarves are fun for children because they're children sized you know like they're they're little dwarves and hobbits yeah dwarves and hobbits and it's the other thing too i think is funny about the hobbit because i kind of i reread it when those movies came out and i was like this movie's so dark for that book so dark and yeah. You know, even they did play into the humor sometimes, but I, I didn't really understand. I also didn't like how they portrayed Radagast because I always felt like they, they kind of shat on that character. I'm like, Radagast is actually literally really important to this. Whole no, no, story. no. Like, they literally shat on him. He had he a pile bird of bird shit on him. on him. Yeah. But Radagast is very important between, yes. you know, the Hobbit because people for, you know, and then they didn't even talk about how he doesn't he kind of renounces his wizarddom at the end of the hobbit and he gives his staff to gandalf and that's why in the lord of the rings gandalf has has his staff staff. they don't explain it no i'm like that's so that's such an easy thing to explain exactly and people are just like because i know like when i was watching the hobbit i i for the first time in theaters i looked and i was like why does that look like gandalf's that looks like gandalf's staff Mm -hmm. and then i went back and you know read everything and i'm like oh my god yeah and then they didn't they just destroyed didn't... in doggle door yeah. and then radagast is like i don't want to be a wizard anymore do you want mine yeah really literally and, <laughs> and galadriel's like okay like you know i guess like that's fine like, galadriel's so low-key i know she's, she's like whatever, galadriel whatever. is like the white lady that smokes weed in middle earth <laughs> like she's like the cool white lady like she's my aunt dina Galadriel, mm-hmm. but she just happens to be one of the very first elves. Then she's old. Galadriel's very old. Older than Gandalf. Like mm-hmm. I think they're the two eldest of everyone in that group too, because they're both one of the. Well, Gandalf's a Maiar, and then Galadriel saw like the light of the two trees, and yep. she was around in like the before times. So like. Before I don't know. I do. I do tend to agree with you, though. I do not really care for the Hobbit movies mm-hmm. as much as the, as much as yeah. the Lord of the Rings. But yeah, um, I'm gonna pivot us back to food. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I love that you. Was so, probably my no. Fault. I, and the thing is, is no, it's fine. And the the beauty of this podcast is that well, we can always just switch right back to food, and you know, I can always do extended version. I don't care, honestly. If this podcast is five hours long, I don't give a shit. So like people, <laughs> someone will listen to it. Dylan will listen to it. So, um, but the one thing I do ask every guest that I, I really am interested to know your answer to is uh, what your first vivid memory of food is. Cause I feel like if you're a foodie, you'll probably able be able to pinpoint something where you're like, this has activated something for me that. I actually, you know. I actually was, I was, I read through, I read through the questions and yeah. I was thinking about that. And it's interesting because like, for me, it honestly wasn't real food. Hmm. Okay. The, the, the most, the the very first food-based memory I have is this fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy memory of watching, like, and it sounds so stupid, but watching Sally mixing up the soup for Dr. Finkelstein in Nightmare Before Christmas. 
Oh, I totally remember that too. Like, that was one of my it favorite was, scenes in that. Yeah, movie. because it was so because it was so magical. And like I was I was little and I was at my Aunt Christie's house. And so mm. like that's the first vivid, like, because that's stuck with me forever, forever. And it's like yeah. my favorite scene. But if we're talking like real food, like one of the, the fun, one of the fondest foods, I guess. My mom, when we were really little, and even up until like when we were in high school, rarely when we were in high school and everything, yeah. but mostly when we were little, um, pre-divorce. Sure. Hopefully nobody talked about that. Um, I mentioned but, it on my podcast. I interviewed did you? Okay. And okay, I was like, cool. And my, my mom was like, well, after the divorce, I'm like, okay. Like that's, Yeah, right. We're we going to have a, we're going to have a whole nice little tidbit about divorce. It'll, it'll be great at but, some um, point it'll come up <laughs> yeah but um she would make homemade chocolate pudding oh my and god and so like but the way she would make it she would she would mix it all up in a big bowl, big pot and then she would pour it into the bowls and then leave it on the stove to cool like cool at first right yeah yeah and my favorite thing to do was because it would develop a skin she wouldn't yeah. put cling you film would, on you would and push I would the skin down and i would, oh, you pull, would pull, pull it. it i would pull it and it's just and it's like that is the most like and even what even just talking about it i'm just like oh, god that sounds really good right now i want chocolate pudding, I want chocolate right pudding. <laughs> I love chocolate yeah pudding. Oh but god. yeah and so that was probably the fondest i guess and something i still remember every single you know, time that's so funny my mom used to make either chocolate pudding or pistachio pudding all the time and my mom would I, make pistachio pudding too i don't i don't know why that stopped it so i think when my brother was born she just stopped doing it but like when why i was don't like you baby, love me anymore <laughs> I don't, I think it was a, like, I can't eat sugar anymore know, thing. It's like, let's think about like, you know, I how know. I can't eat sugar any that much anymore. But like, I know uh, it's sad, but like, I remember when, you know, I was three, four or five years old, you know, a distinct memory is that's, is like pistachio pudding. It's bright green. Every mm -hmm. time I watch the Grinch and they, that's what I think of, pudding, I think of pistachio. Yeah. Pudding. I think of Watergate salad. Which is, oh, which my mom makes every, my mom makes all the time. And I love, it's my favorite. Like, I know people shit on jello salads. Sue me. I like, I some. love jello I do salads. Like some, but there's some where I'm just like, of. there's some where I'm just like, this is blasphemous. But, um, have you ever had like, frog eyed salad? It's uh, like little mini pasta in which it's, jello it's a, my family calls it a sini de pepe because it's a sini de pepe pasta. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's and frog eye salad in my family. That's what my family, my, my mom's family called it frog eye salad and my dad's family called it a sini de pepe. My, my stepmom's family calls it that and they make it every year. And I actually kind of How like do they it. make, how, how do you guys make yours? Um, gosh, I'm trying. So there's marshmallows. It's lime. It's got the little pasta in it because it's green. So it's lime flavored. Oh, we don't put lime jello in ours. Oh, what's yours? Well, you finish yours first. Oh, and then I think it's <laughs> I think it's whipped cream uh -huh. and maybe like I want to say like halved maraschino cherries. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. So my family on both sides make it pretty similar. I'll I'll I will I don't really remember it on my dad's side much. So I'm gonna relay my mom's side because I know that one like kind of sure. by heart the pasta yeah um heavy whipping cream whipped into whipped cream 
yes. mixed with a little bit of sweetened condensed milk. Okay. And then fold it in with mandarin oranges, pineapple tidbits, maraschino cherries. I forgot pineapple. Maraschino cherries and mini marshmallows. I want to say that there's like lime jello in ours or maybe like some kind of, maybe it's just green. I don't know. I don't know. I want to say there's lime. I could be wrong. You are, you might be right though. Like that might just be the difference. The thing is, is that, the thing is, it's, it's, it's like my stepmom's recipe, her mom's recipe. So it's like, it's not really made commonly in my family. So I don't really remember it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, not to, they make good food. I just, I'm not there a lot. <laughs> I live yeah, you no, know, half a country no, away. Yep. Or, yeah. So it's, but that's funny. Yeah. Frog eye salad. And then um, I do remember just like church casseroles. And I've talked about that on the show before. That was, you know, I remember doing catechism school because I, I grew up Catholic. So that was like, you know, oh, that's funny. It, it was like Sunday school, but we did it on Wednesdays. Lutheran, Lutheran. Dad's a Lutheran pastor and a yeah. biology and human anatomy professor retired, which is kind of interesting. But um, nice combo. Like, I know. Interesting um, we had catechism, too, but yeah. I have a feeling it was vastly different. Mine was like, you know grade three why jesus died for your sins you know it's like it was kind of intense like you know and it's i mean that's probably a total exaggeration we didn't start catechism until like eighth grade we started (laughs) it in the second grade or no fifth grade started in fifth grade ours was second because second grade you got first communion fifth grade you got confirmed and then in the eighth grade you graduated and you got your bible from the from the bishop and you know mm-hmm. he rubbed oil on you that's what she said and i'm not see, catholic anymore <laughs> see we we got first communion in fifth grade and then we got uh com- confirmed in eighth grade okay yeah no catholic and then everything just kind of ends catholics you got a lot of more sacrifices you have to make in there or sacramental whatever they're called blessing i mean you have to learn how to go to confession that's the third grade you oh. learn how to go to confession Fourth grade is about the, it's like kind of the history. It's like stations of the cross. You learn that stuff. Fifth grade, when you're confirmed, you have to know how to pray the rosary. And Mm -hmm. I was very good at praying the rosary. I usually led my class. So, you know, like, get it. One. (laughs) You know, know, I don't remember it now, but that's terrible. But I, and then grade six, seven, and eight, you worked towards, you had to like write a paper. And you spent three years basically learning just like Catholic history. Like it was just historical studies of Catholic law. And then you got, you know, graduated and you got a a nice Bible, which is in the fictional section of my bookshelves under G for God. But yeah, no, but I remember we would have to do Sunday. My whole point was church casseroles. We would have to go to do every now and again, when it would be like towards the end of the year or something, they would make us go to a Sunday course. Mm-hmm. And it was usually because, you know, it was like the prep before you learned how to go to confession or learned how to take communion, blah, blah, blah. And it would be during a craft fair in the gym of the school across the street from the church, like the church school. So there would nice. be casseroles everywhere because that's people potlucked it. Or it would be Sunday after casseroles mass. everywhere. So or after mass, they would do the like the if it was Lent, it was like everyone eats fish. If it was, you know. Ugh. All this stuff, it was like blah, blah, blah. But I do have a vivid memory of of that. And then when my granddad died, he was a Methodist. 
I sound like I'm like 80 years old. And he hit his funeral. There was sandwiches. It was just all sorts of sandwiches. And I just remember thinking. That's, that's, see, that's kind of a typical, like a lot of the funerals that I've been to, um, a lot of the, it's mostly like cold sandwiches, salads, sides, um, things like that. For sad people. Yeah, things that's like my, that. That's what my grandmother would call it. Sad um, food for sad people. <laughs> my At my dad's church, there almost always was like a hash brown casserole or like scalp potatoes yeah. with ham. I remember that. Um, and uh, tater tot casserole was another big one, which would just be mm, like tater mm-hmm, tots with a mm-hmm. slab of beef um, on it. Snicker salad. I don't. Ooh that one is Can that ever like sticker a salad snickers the, like the candy bar yeah it's <laughs> shut up yes <laughs> shut up i know i upward inflected really hard it, <laughs> um no it's it's literally like apples cut into chunks um and snickers chopped up folded into whipped cream I mean, that's delicious. And marshmallows. It's one of my favorite freaking salads. And people down. shit on it a lot because you're eating Snickers. It's not a salad. And I'm like, well, you know what? If it makes me feel better about myself. You know what I was going to say, though? There's an episode of Roseanne about pudding. I'm taking us back a, a little bit. Uh-huh. But there's an episode of Roseanne where I, I learned to do this with chocolate pudding because of Dan Connor. And he says he's stirring pudding and he offers it to DJ. And he says, do you want pudding? It's fortified with Milky Ways. And I was like, what? Life danger. <laughs> so thank you, the writers of Roseanne, for making us all fatter. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to try that. It's delicious. Chocolate jello brand chocolate pudding with cut up or mini, like the mini Halloween type. Yeah. Milky Ways. It's and they melt to, all in it. It's easier to freeze the bar, cut it up, and then yeah. toss it in. And then they you can do it either way. You can do it while it's hot and it gets all kind of like hot, but in like melty, caramely, nougaty. I don't like it like that. I like it cold where you can still kind of eat the candy bar surrounded with chocolate pudding because I'm a texture guy. So I like to have cold, hard candy bar with soft chocolate pudding. See, I'm it's like hit or miss for me. Like it's 50 50 for me. Sometimes if I'm in the mood for that kind of uh, dynamic between textures, I'm all about it. But like, not gonna lie, I like soft food. Yeah, I love mashed potatoes. Oh, I love mashed potatoes. How do you I make love, your mashed potatoes? Um, well, ever since I got my Ninja, I have one of the Ninja Foodie uh, pressure cooker air fryers. Love that thing. Um, I have a Barberware air fryer, and it's okay. It's okay. It's it's good for like mozzarella sticks or chicken yeah. wings or yeah anything else. I don't have like a real air fryer yeah yeah but anyway no i um i take potatoes i i wash them and then i put them all in my pressure cooker with some chicken stock and i pressure cook them for like 15 minutes or something like that until they're soft all the way through um let them cool a little bit take the peels off and then i actually put it in my KitchenAid mixer with the whisk attachment oh my god i do i do it with paddle (laughs) You know what actually oh. works if you're really going for like a chunky, almost like uh, uh, kind of like a not cold, but like just to get it really super textury, not mashed all the way, yeah. kind of like smashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. I guess the dough hook works really well for that. That is a great idea. 
You know, oh my God, you know, it's so funny. Speaking of KitchenAid mixers, one of the reasons I knew you and I would be fast friends when I met you was because you had a KitchenAid mixer in your house in Wayne, Wayne, America. And <gasps> you came to Wayne with me. I did. I did. I, I visited you during winter, during winter break <gasps> once because I was, I was really bored. I was like, I, and you had talked about your mom and I wanted to meet your mom and That's like, see your right. house. And your house had like just been redone too. So it was like gorgeous on the inside. And I remember being like, oh my God, this is a really nice house. But like, I, yeah, I drove out to I Wayne remember and that. we went to a diner and we like, you showed me like, you, like the places of your childhood. Um, the and- Max, I think. Sure. I think I took you to the max. I had a, I had a bomb ass burger there. All it I was the max. I had a really good burger. It, it was, was the really max. Cheap. Like, yes, because on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, they're twice the size for the same price. It was like it's like yeah, five bucks. That's right. That's right. So I got a double bacon cheeseburger because it and it was, was massive, it was the same price. And I was like, oh my god. And then yeah. we went back to your house and we had martinis, which got me really drunk. And I, there was a Snickers martini fun. It was speaking of Snickers, but I do remember. Yeah. That's right. Because I used Frangelico. Yep. I love Frangelico so much. Love that shit. I, but I remember we also made tiramisu and out of a, you got me, you had bought me for Christmas, a Betty Crocker cookbook. It was a blue or no, it was a Pillsbury cookbook. It was the Pillsbury cookbook. And That's I right. brought it with me and we cooked out of it. And you, let me tell you what. That cookbook is like pretty well worn now. Like it's it's been through the ringer. There's like water stained pages, and I've had to like blow dry it before. And Dylan, oh my gosh! One time Dylan was like, "Why don't you just buy a new one?" I'm like, "Because Kate gave me this one, and I can't get. I'll never get rid of a book that was given to me." And so that's a that's like one of my reference cookbooks. Oh my there's, gosh! You know that it's a Hillsbury, it's a solid Betty Crocker, book. Yeah, Better Homes and Gardens. Like they have great, just like non crazy recipes well exactly and like one of my favorite uh dessert cookbooks is like i have a betty crocker cookie book oh and it's literally spelled cookie like with a y like it's weird and it is the it is one of my favorite books because the recipes they're they're straightforward mm-hmm. they um um most like not most of them but a lot of them are like drop cookies so that you could just mix them up super yep. fast that's the only and thing i'll ever do really i'm so i'm so a, a, impatient with cookies see i'm not i like i, I, I like the like whole making. holidays is the only time of year where you will ever act, see me excited to make cookies if someone sorry to digress very quickly one of my friends i make all the cakes for my yeah. friends here that's my thing and yeah. one year was like someone was like can you make me like a a, a cookie layer cake and I'm like, well, why don't you just shoot me? Because that combines the two things I'm most afraid of is cream, pastry cream layer cakes and cookies. I'm like, really? And I made it. And it was actually pretty good. It was like a mocha icebox cake. I found a recipe on, it was in a Garten's recipe, actually. But you take those. She's cookies. a genius. I cheated. I bought those. They use Tate's cookies, which you can buy in the grocery store now. So they're in the green package, like the really thin, crispy cookies. Oh, look for them. They're really good. But you use those. Yeah, you, you might make, have to text make, that to me because I don't I I'll don't think down. I've text Kate the okay. name because I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard of those, but I but made I, that. I, and, um, but yeah, I, 
cookies are just kind of a uh, it's like it's a lot it's a lot of energy to take but i'm glad you like making them. <laughs> like at least someone I know. likes making them i love I'm... making cookies but i have found out that i'm not the i'm not the best at making cookies with my children um cooking with children is very hard that was going to be one of my next questions was have you started to involve your kids in the kitchen because i i, I don't know i'm really curious because i'm like she has two little ones and you know little people are useful in the kitchen and yeah i was they, put they on are a stool useful. and they, they are got... useful when they don't just eat handfuls of flour that's really helpful oh, no. um if i did that he would literally smack it out of my hand so i was like okay like you know i it was like it was reverence there that was not wow. and that's not how you do it now but no. like no that's um, how i learned so it was yeah see um there was one day during quarantine <laughs> where I got a wild hair and I was like, you know what? Flynn has been asking for cookies and he wants to make cookies. So we'll, we're going to make some cookies, just plain roll them in your hand in a ball, snickerdoodle cookies. Easy, yeah, totally. not hard. Yeah. It started out so great. I would unwrap the butter. Flynn would put it in there. Nora came in. She helped pour the vanilla, pour the sugar, did really great. And then when that was, whipping up so the butter and sugar get all fluffy right um all of a sudden she started eating handfuls of sugar so she's eating sugar and son's like mom what is this i'm like that's flour please don't eat it it's yucky he goes i want to taste it and i'm like well fine okay he takes a handful of it oh, he's like no. and so it's just it was it was chaos you know what's really funny though is that this is something that i really credit my mom for it's kind of like when you learned that you shouldn't eat baking cocoa yes baking chocolate my mom I, she would use the baker's bar chocolate yep. to make brownies so would my mom and so or if she would i think she would cut i don't know she used it in some recipes of hers but um i remember texas I was like, sheet I, cake Ooh, i've had that it's so good but my mom would either use baking powder like the cocoa powder but i would always be like i want chocolate she'd be like it's not good chocolate wesley you won't like it she always say you won't like it and I'm like, but it's chocolate. And she's like, fine, here, eat it. And I took just the biggest bite of, I'm pretty sure it was just, it was just Dutch processed chocolate. cocoa. I'm sure it, it was like, it was just the bitter, bitter chocolate. And I was like, ah, she's like, you see, now you won't ever ask me again. <laughs> and Miles did it. I watched Miles do it. She's like, don't tell him. <laughs> this is the only way he'll learn. <laughs> So I think that's that, that gonna reminds happen. me so much of that. Well, yeah, because he now like he'll see flour because I'll be baking something and he'll be like, "Mom, that's flour. It doesn't taste good." And I'm like, "Well, hey, you're absolutely you're right, right about that, that, sir. You know that. <laughs> I know." And um, wait, but yeah, wait so until it, it's sugar. Yeah, right. Or brown. I I loved brown sugar as a kid, which I think is strange. Oh. But my oh, granddad, I don't think it's strange. Brown sugar is divine. My granddad would get brown sugar cubes that you would like dump in tea. Demerara, it's demerara cubes. Demerara sure, sugar. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I would just suck on them. And I still do to this day. And mm -hmm. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, cavities. But it's such a remembered flavor for me. Yeah. Just because that, yeah. that was like one of the first sweet things I ever really like ate. <laughs> it's yeah. such a random thing. But yeah, no, I am. Um, yeah, well, I well, I was gonna ask though, so like, yeah, if you were cooking more with your kids or if they yeah, were showing trying, an interest. Yeah, trying, trying to. There's a huge interest. 
Well, that's um, good. And, and we, we try, like, when it's, it, when it dumps snow on us uh, back in December, yeah. um, I made, we together in the kitchen on the floor made snow ice cream. And I got a lot of, I got a surprising amount of like, how the fuck are you feeding your kids on Instagram? And I was like, right. It is, it's literally snow. Yeah. It's just snow with cocoa powder, sugar, like uh, powdered sugar and yeah. cream. It's literally, and you just mix it up. And it's, and, and it was literally one of those like sensory activities for them. Cause I'm like, we're going to mix this up until it's ice cream. And they're like, how does that alchemy yeah alchemy magic and like i got it mixed up to i helped them to the point where it kind of was like starting to get together and i was like okay now take a bite and taste it and they're like are you sure about that and i was like yeah seriously taste it and they took a bite and they were like this is good (laughs) nora mom this is good and i'm like you're right it is absolutely good it is absolutely mama mom I can't wait till she's, I can't wait until she's like older and like mama, like everything is like three syllables. (laughs) I know it already kind of is. Oh, kind of. She's, she is, she is, I'm not going to say she's a challenge because she's not a challenge. She is just, she is headstrong, so headstrong. And it's going to be a great trait for her when she's an adult right now. It is very hard. Um, You know, mm -hmm. I I get that. I mean, that's how my mom is too. She's very headstrong and she, you know, my aunt was always like, Oh my God, she was the worst. (laughs) Like She was so stubborn and like, that's that's her that is nora and like it she'll she's kind of in her like little bit of a mean phase right now she's hitting Mm. a lot and we're trying to redirect and you know things like that trying to find different ways to redirect because not every way works and so she'll be mean and like really pushing boundaries all all night long and you know taking an entire glass of water and just dumping it on the floor like looking me in the face and it's like okay (laughs) or like pulling the cat's tail and it's just like all these little things or smacking her brother like she'll literally walk up to Flynn and just be like (laughs) it's like why did you do that um and then I'll be putting her to bed and she'll go mom I need hugs and I'm like okay Okay. and then she's very aggressive and then she's very, she's very aggressive with her affection. And so I'm like, we need to find a balance here. Cause I don't, I, I, I like hugging you, but I don't like being like punched before I get hugged, sure. um, you know, you know, so she's in that phase right now. And, and I remember when Miles went through that and I was like, I was like nine and he just would do, he would annoy me. He wouldn't hit, he would like just do shit to annoy me. He would like move my things. If I was reading a book, he would pull the bookmark out from the book. And he would, uh, what else would he do? He would open my door, shove it open, and then run away. (laughs) So mean to me when he was little, little. And Um, I was so much older though. So it was like. You play D&D, right? Yes. Nora is very chaotic evil. Like she is a very chaotic evil evil um but like she's also it's like she goes between chaotic evil and chaotic good like Like she's not neutral there's no there's no no. middle sure Mm -mm. i get that she's either sweet as candy or not and um and flynn is like they're both chaotic but 
Flynn is such a lawful, lawful little boy. Yeah, he seems He's like, a tattletale. Well, usually the older one is. I mean, I was I like that. And that's, that's just the thing of being the older one is it's that eternal struggle of, you know, I see something happening that's wrong to me, but they, there's no greater understanding of balance yet. So it's, yeah. you know, it's hard, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man. It's, <laughs> I just think back to when Miles and I were kids and we were just so mean to each other. Like, but then we My would sister- have moments, we would have moments of like pure brotherliness. Like he would sit and watch me play video games mm-hmm. and he would sit and stay quiet. And I would be like, sit and shut up. And I will play video games for you. Cause he would beg me to do it. I'd be like, if you shut up, then I will. <laughs> See, and, <laughs> and um, my sister and I, we we oh, we were enemies for most of our childhood. Sure. And then um, the divorce happened, and then we're like, well, I guess we're all we've got. Same. That's and, exactly the same thing that and happened then, with Miles and I. And it was still back and forth between like we were friends, we weren't friends, you yeah. know, um, but since we're talking about divorce, can you, okay. I have talked about this with several other people and I want to confirm divorce food is a thing. Oh yes. For my dad, it was steaks. He only fed my brother and I steak for like two years or a year, maybe after my parents got divorced. Um, or yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Or? Yes. Okay. After my parents got divorced, I love my father. Dad, yeah. if you ever watch this, I don't know if he ever will. I, My dad does it. listen to the show, and I I do love I do love Steve, so <laughs> he, he's been on the show. <laughs> um, but my dad, he he, hoo, 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 it was a phase. It was a phase, mm-hmm. and um, he would grill like he would grill, grill sure. chicken brats, steaks, which were actually made out of cheap, like chuck roasts that oh. he would just chop up into chunks. Yes. Those are yeah. steaks. Yeah. Um, that with baked potatoes or spaghetti, tuna noodle casserole. Like tuna tetrasini? No, no. no. Like like literally like wide egg noodles, tuna, cream of mushroom soup, and peas. Ew. That's like all the things I don't like. I hate, right? <laughs> like mushrooms and peas. I like tuna, but... Like, yeah, but yeah, and he would make though. it in a he would make it in a turkey roaster pan. Oh my god! And so we would have <laughs> we would have that for every meal, and it was just like oh my god. Um, but then, aside from those things, those were the only things that were actually like cooked. Sure. Otherwise, it was Totino's party pizzas. Okay. Swanson pot pies, <laughs> and banquet fried chicken in a box. Oh, wow. You know, what's so funny. I remember once you and I talked about banquet food, like the banquet brand you buy in the freezer section. And you were like, I will never eat those again. You, we were in the grocery, oh God, we were in the grocery store and I feel like someone picked one out and like, you were like, why the fuck are you buying that? And it was just like this it's total like, It's like instant, for you. instant judgment. It's a visceral reaction. And like, who knows, it I might was, have been me. <laughs> I used to eat those. No, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I just, Maybe. I just know that it's just, it's divorce food. The best thing, the best thing 
out of, and like, this is actually touching back on like vivid childhood, like vivid memories of food because like it was a constant from my my whole childhood up through high school graduation. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he still does this. My dad, every single Sunday, every single Sunday would make either pancakes or omelets before church um, or hard boiled eggs, but it was mostly omelets or pancakes. And he would go between, he would alternate between uh, thick pancakes, which are the fluffy ones, and then thin pancakes, which is actually um, a recipe that my grandfather made. And it's basically like, it's basically crepes, basically. But the recipe measures in glasses. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So it's like one glass of water. (laughs) Good. That's that's so, oh my God, that's so telling though of like, Mm -hmm. just that's the best kind of family recipe you can get. One, I remember my grandmother always would write, okay, my grandmother, God rest her soul. She would write out how much, but someone times would forget the measurement. So be one scant mini marshmallows i'm like one scant what like (laughs) no like but that's but that's literally like i have recipe cards from my great grandmother my mom's Mm -hmm. grandmother yes and and i actually have recipes from my my dad's grandmother and you know some of those people as well and that's a thing i don't think it's a forgetting thing i think that's just a thing because on so many recipe cards it's scant scant salt or um oh pinch, what are the other ones dash. there's scant dash uh pinch, pinch. sprinkling my grandmother likes saying a sprinkling of cilantro a sprinkling of parsley yeah and I'm like, well how yeah. much and it was just <laughs> a scant and i'm just like okay but it's on multiple ones and so i have a feeling it's not actually forgetting i think it's just them being wow, like that's what it that's is interesting and you know it's so it's so crazy because like my my all the cooking grandparents i had that showed me how to cook they've all passed away and like you know i lost my grandfather when i was a senior in college so my mom's dad and he was mm. the one that taught me how to cook italian food and like the party food mm. and everything's a spectacle and the drama yeah. of culinary everything and my grandmother passed away in march of 2016 which was it was kind of like my worst nightmare confirmed because i had just moved here and she died it was maybe not even six months after i'd moved here and she uh she died because she couldn't afford her medication to keep her blood from clotting was what i was told but she had a stroke and she passed and i managed to get to nebraska and see her before she died but she passed away not long after by the time i'd already come back and it was you know and then i had to go back to nebraska and it was just it was a lot and she was the one that really kind of taught me the sort of like the power of food and togetherness that was Mm -hmm. really my mother put it best in in her episode if you want to listen to that listeners she always said my grandfather made food as drama my grandmother made food with love that's so sweet yeah yeah Yeah, my i i cooked a lot with my grandma connie my mom's mom and then i also cooked a lot with my grandma janet which is my dad's mom and my My grandmother's name is janet too the one who's still alive her name's janet 
Oh, see, my grandma she Janet. She's a really good cook, too. She would make, like, crockpot stuff, though, that I mm. need the recipes for. But anyway, yeah. sorry, continue. No, you're good. No, my grandma Janet, um, she's the one who has uh, unfortunately passed away. Sure. Um, she passed away in 2017. But she um, she was so funny because she she had hundreds of cookbooks and i'm talking like you know the the yearly like holiday editions of better homes and gardens cookbooks and like the just the annual one like the regular one and um hundreds hundreds of cookbooks from all throughout the years and it was so funny because i was like oh i want i want some of her cookbooks and so my sister and i went through some of her cookbooks and we got some really good ones and I've got some really interesting ones. I'll have to show you them sometime. Sure, sure. Um, I love I love good, like, especially kitschy cookbooks from like the 60s, 70s, 80s, like food um, bad eras. Oh man. I Let love me show those. you one that I absolutely adore. Um, I'm probably gonna have to, I should probably pick him up and put him in bed, shouldn't I? Um Okay, where is it? Do, 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 do. I was going to mention when you said Betty Crocker, uh, yes. my favorite Betty Crocker cookbook is the Betty Crocker cookbook for kids. It have that one too. It has, like you said, really practical things in there, like chicken fingers and, you know, like fries. It's like stuff, it's like stuff I want to eat still. So it's like, oh, this is actually a really useful cookbook. For Are you me. ready for this? Yeah. Are you ready for this? I'm very ready. That look that at, is... look at the colors. There's so pastels and there's a bowl of grapes and it's pink and um, and then the back. Oh my god, there's a jello mold. Or it's a fruit uh-huh. cake, actually. I'm and maybe it has the jello it's a on fruit, it. Fruit pizza. There, oh my gosh, there's oh and like the the it's this Yule log is white. It's just white as God's face. Like <laughs> white Jesus. White um, Jesus Yule log. Um, my yulog is gingerbread flavored, so it's brown. It ooh, looks like a log. Ooh. See, like I'm sorry, yule cakes, like yule log cakes. For me, it has to be chocolate. Uh, yeah, oh, that's true. That is good. Like a big, like a big. It's got to be just this fat chocolate cake. Is there anything, or is it a ho ho? Which is this, or is it a Swiss roll? Swiss roll is what I'm trying. Okay, to there's the what? There's ho hos. Okay. And then there's Swiss cake rolls. Swiss cake rolls are far superior. Yes. You and I, again, in college, you and I one time went to Hy-Vee because you and I would go to Hy-Vee late because we were always in rehearsal or we were always doing something or other. And I was mm-hmm. usually teching a show you were in or, you know, so I was just always there. And um, we would go to Hy-Vee and that was where, is that where you met Aaron? Oh, I met Aaron on Tinder. But he worked at that. He worked at Ivy, yeah. But I remember going there. You two had maybe like just started dating, Mm -hmm. and you would like I would be like the tag along to Ivy. You, (laughs) you and Flinty, me and you and Alex Flint. Yeah, yep. It was either like both of us together, or it was like me or him. But I remember Mm -hmm. one of us would go with you to Ivy, and we would buy cosmic brownies and those Swiss rolls because I remember because they have like the thin thin chocolate. Yes. Outside. Oh, and it's so good. It like melts. It's just mm-hmm. perfect. It's good. perfect. Oh, now, I want, now I want them. I oh, had man. some the other night and I'm just like, do I regret it? Maybe a little bit, not really. I, my grocery store is constantly sold out of the chocolate ones. They always have the strawberry shortcake ones, which I don't really, they're not the same. Garbage. 
and Dylan and I think Dylan one time bought zebra cakes and I'm like that is a candle why <laughs> like I, why <laughs> Aaron 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 really likes zebra cakes he really the thing is though like we kind of just like little Debbie like she's yeah. just she's just pretty solid she's pretty solid unless like, it's shitty yeah I'm trying to think of like, my favorite little Debbie thing oatmeal cream know. pies solid nutty buddies nutty buddies okay they were called nutty bars um when i was a kid so i here's the thing is this some some, like mandela effect that is what i think it is because i always thought they were nutter nutty bars nutty bars i called them nutty bars because the box said nutty bars everyone called them nutty bars when i met aaron i was like oh let's get some nutty bars he and he's like nutty bars what are nutty bars go uh nutty bars come on they're the chocolate wafers with peanut butter like little debbie goes yeah and he's just like nutty Nutty buddies buddies. and i'm like what the (laughs) fuck are you talking about no nutty bars they're nutty bars i will prove it to you and i went to the grocery store and i was like what the fuck (laughs) the whole world collapses around you to be fair i am one of the people who who knows Berenstain Bears is Berenstain Bears, like S T A I N. Okay, I'm looking and it Aaron up right and now. yeah, and Aaron thinks it's Berenstein with an E. I think it's Berenstein, like they're Jewish, with an E. Yes. See, I but I grew up with an A, like in my in like all the books that I have are A's. Okay, so here I looked up Nutty Buddies, and here's what it says. Nutty Buddies in the United States are a snack manufactured by Little Debbie or McKee Foods since 1964. Up until 2017, they were known as Nutty Bars in the United okay. States. Okay. And due to a name change, they are now known as Nutty Buddies. <laughs> and in overseas, they're known as Peanut Butter Crunch Bars. So they were That's called too much Nutty of a mouthful. Bars. And then okay. they changed. So we were Remember, right. Because Little Debbie went bankrupt. All the like Hostess and Little Debbie went out of business during that's right i think like during or right after the financial crisis or something and then someone bought the company right because i think they changed like there was like new versions of like star crunch that had come out star crunch was mine but i don't think that's little debbie i think that's a total different brand no it's little debbie is it star crunch was my favorite i love star crunch refrigerated star crunch they had to be cold (sighs) yes 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 100% because then it was like it was like like this toffee yeah it was caramel solidified oh god it was so good and then I'm trying to remember what other ones I like I liked I liked ding dongs quite a bit but that's I never had a ding dong until I was in college and I was like "Mm." yeah I liked them I always liked the hand pies like the mini apple pies the mini chocolate pies you can get them in like the gas station no I love, love, love those. The chocolate ones and the, ch- I love the cherry ones and the apple ones. Oh my God. I, cherry filling, specifically sour cherry filling. <laughs> I, I will literally it eat it out of the up. can. I, I don't know what happened when I first moved to Chicago, a switch flipped in my brain and I love it now, especially with pavlova. Sour oh, cherry filling with pavlova is like one of my favorite desserts now. Even if you make a chocolate pavlova, then it's a black forest pavlova. Oh, but, look at you. Oh, I went to Germany for five days before the pandemic. But like, <laughs> with, with Deckard. But, but yeah, no, I do love sour cherry. Oh my God. Anything. Um, I love cherry. 
Yes. Cherry is one of my favorite flavors. So then you probably like almond extract then too, because um, I adore, flavor. I adore almond extract. And actually when I make my sugar cookies, I use vanilla and, and almond. almond. I do that too. I think uh-huh. And then I put it, actually, I put vanilla and almond and then I sprinkle in cardamom. I've heard of that. I heard of that on the great British a baking show. I think. The cardamom. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I am um, really. Yeah, I. I'm trying to think, what else? I was gonna say, I think you taught me the mixture of almond, vanilla extracts, and baked things because that I started doing that after you and I had baked together one time because mm-hmm. I saw you do that. I was like, oh my god, that makes so much sense, and especially in brownies. Yeah. Brownies is really like, oh yeah, you can do it to one of two things. You can do the coffee with the chocolate mm-hmm. or you can do the almond extract so you kind of have to make a choice but usually yeah. I go with almond extract and brownies yeah I um but yeah my my great-grandmother she always put cardamom in her sugar cookies interesting and so my mom always did that too so I saw that on the great British baking show I think and I, I thought need to that- rewatch I, I don't maybe, remember seeing that. I thought I saw maybe it was maybe it wasn't cookies but I feel like someone put cardamom in like a sweet probably thing and i was like I freaking i love sense. cardamom i love cardamom and it's i was good. actually just given a recipe my old community theater director back mm-hmm. in wayne molly young she's wonderful Got um it. she uh she gave me a recipe for preserved lemons oh they're so good uh-huh. i had them like i bought and them off of like a farm stand before did you oh yes. my gosh so, so I have this recipe on how to make preserved lemons and I'm going to do it um, here pretty soon once I'm able to get to Trader Joe's because they have like actually like really, really good lemons. Um, do. Yeah. They're not waxy. I love, yeah. They're I like love Trader Joe's. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Our, it's so um, far away from us here. It's far away. But our, our grocery store is a neighborhood grocery store. So it's got really high quality produce. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. Bad. Yeah. Um, but the recipe she gave me utilizes cardamom pods yeah and i'm just like oh i can't wait i can't wait i love cardamom i discovered cardamom when i made a i made some kind of cake that had like orange flower water in it and rose water it was very so good and it was very yeah it was very the flavors were all right it was i love floral like good yeah it was i I love floral and it's hard i feel like there's like a select audience that likes floral flavored desserts. I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of like um, the same thing with some people who think cilantro tastes like soap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I think there's some people who just think, you know, floral, floral flavors. It's just, I have a weird one. I have a weird palate thing where I think that, rosemary can taste like christmas trees after at some point i feel like i'm eating a pine tree it's oh, yeah. so resin oh, yeah. tasting and like i, I love rosemary oh. but it, it it's it's like easy does it when i use rosemary it's because i, I use it fresh too i never use it dried i used so. to hate rosemary i used to despise it because my dad um when he made his spaghetti sauce no offense dad um he would put dried rosemary and we, he wouldn't cut it up or blitz it or anything. He would just put whole ass like, rub it in dried. Hands. He oh wouldn't even no. Do that. Whole. 
it's like rosemary do that with fennel seed it's like a same like oh god the you just a fear of biting into that, a fennel seed that the the flavor oh. of licorice fennel strong anise that is one of my least favorite flavors in the world me too i do use it for chicken stock that's the only time i'll ever buy anise i but cooked down it turns really sweet and it actually yeah, adds, it I, adds like a umame type mm-hmm. flavor but it's yeah. like a hint it's not like the i hate i don't like roasted anise or it's like no thanks <laughs> I'll, I'll eat yeah. leeks or onions you know i'll eat the other smelly things but not that yeah. <laughs> no um i like anise in in short supply Mm-hmm. in specific things like pepperdus which is a yes. german um crispy cookie love that i make I it every christmas had some i bought pepperdus when i was in berlin but it was like they were packaged so they're like, like they're oh but i'm like some. hey this is it's still real i'm in germany i'll make you some i'll make you some i'll Do make it. you my I'll grandmother's you- recipe I'll make you my oh what's the uh, what's an ethnic recipe I, I could make you my grandfather's Scottish shortbread Ooh, I'll take it it tastes just like Walker's shortbread it's really I will take good. it I will take it you know no, let me, um, I, let me, oh sorry go ahead go ahead no 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 question. you okay um I just had a question for you about cookies speaking of cookies do you ever okay do you use salt I assume you put salt in cookies because if the recipe calls for it mm-hmm. no do you yes i'm okay so i'm a blasphemer a little bit i um i always use salted butter sure okay i see i almost every almost every cookie recipe it's like use unsalted butter (laughs) oh yeah unsalted use unsalted butter and then put in salt and i'm just like we're just gonna (laughs) use salted butter and they turn out perfect every time the only recipe i use unsalted butter in is my shortbread right but the only one see the thing is is the issue i come up with when i make shortbread is that and i think this is kind of why it tastes like the walker ones you can bite down into salt in the shortbread cookies because they're chilled so you get Mm -hmm. the sweet saltiness of them but i i don't use salted butter because i'm a purist (laughs) you know no offense to you (laughs) Me? I'm, I'm, I'm like i'm like if ina garten walked into my kitchen and saw salted butter she'd never speak to me again so i don't have it in the house but like but for me it's like and that my grandmother never used salted butter mm-hmm. and so all of her recipes are written in unsalted add salt but that i didn't know though because i always wonder so a lot of cookies i make tend to have the salt pretty present there because it's kosher and it doesn't melt as quickly as well, Table and salt, there's you know. some recipes though where like I granted we're going back to I really like salt. Yes. Um yes. I just I really like savory. Um even with oh my, my sweet things. Like yeah. I don't like cloying. I really don't like if I'm like if I order a lemon dessert, I want it to be sharp. Like I want that sharp and then a little sure. bit of sweet. Oh, you know? see, I, okay. So yeah, I'm the opposite where it's like, if I order a lemon dessert, I want this to taste like a starburst candy. Like, yeah, I've got to like the opposite. I do really? like sharp though. Trader Joe's, speaking of, makes mm-hmm. a really good, it's not lemon bars. It's like a lemon dessert 
thing, but they're really thick and they are so lemony, but it's so good. And it's just like a hint of sweetness. Like you're talking about. Yeah. I I, I do like that. I, you know, as I get older, I've noticed that the super, 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 super sweet stuff is just like, it's too much anymore. It is. And the only thing I'll ever like super sweet things with is ice cream because it's cold. (sighs) So your senses are kind of dulled. So you yes. know you don't taste the sugar right away for yeah. what it is, but well, yeah, I, only, I get that. Yeah, not only that, but like I, I honestly, I don't eat a lot of sugar anymore in general. Like, I've I eat fruit. Been. I eat fruit. Um, I, it's I will splurge. Sweet, pretty sweet. Like, yeah, well, I exactly, how and sweet like fruit is. Like, yeah, and I, I don't drink soda anymore. If I do drink soda, it's it's zero, the zero sugar stuff. I drink La Croix. Oh, I love LaCroix. I love LaCroix. I have um, the lemon cello flavored. Speaking of lemon flavored things, this it actually tastes like soda I know. to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know. I'll drink cans well, of it. <laughs> see, the thing about soda with me, like the thing about that with me, I don't crave the sugar. I crave the feeling. It, okay. I crave, I crave the, the fi- carbonation. That's yeah. So yeah, I crave the fizzy. It's, it has to be fizzy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, but it like so fizzy that it hurts me. Yes. Like I like really carbonated. Yeah, that's why I like McDonald's Coke because it's uh, extra McDonald's carbonated. Dr Pepper. McDonald's Dr I Pepper. I don't like Dr Pepper. Well, I do. My mom likes Dr Pepper. She loves Dr Pepper. Okay. That's her. Thanks, Linda. Thanks, Linda. I do. Coke <laughs> is always. I do like Diet Pepsi though. So you can chastise me for that because that's not good. What the? <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? It's my dad. It's my dad. My dad, my mother, my mother always, my entire life, always drank Diet Pepsi. You know, you know Diet, Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, when Diet Pepsi. When I visited Pepsi. your house, she offered me a Diet Pepsi, and I was like, "Oh, I love Diet Pepsi." And you were like, "What?" And you were like, "Get out!" <laughs> like it's just like fucking gross. No, like it's, it's just, just a weird. It was the only soda we had for a long time. So if we wanted a soda, it was Diet Pepsi. But see, I yeah, I, I like Coke. <laughs> uh, see, and the thing is, I do love Coke. I love Coke Zero. I drink, I could drink. When I smoked cigarettes, I really liked Diet Coke. I honest to God think cigarette, like tobacco favors the taste of Diet Coke. And it's really weird. Probably. But a lot of smokers agree with me. And I've quit smoking cigarettes, so I don't do Good that job. anymore. Thank you. It's been a year and a half since I've Congratulations. Yeah, it's 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 hard, you know, but here's, you know, that I'll just make food. So I'll just yeah, eat yeah. cheese in front of the fridge in my underwear instead. <laughs> hey, uh, there's fat. no shame in that. There's literally no shame in that. <laughs> the other day. A, go ahead. I was going to ask if you had a snacking cheese. And maybe this is what you were going to say in your story. Uh, I'm. <laughs> go ahead, though. I want to hear your story. <laughs> um, What kind of cheese do you snack on? Gouda. I like okay. the I like the baby bells. I just bought a thing of those. Okay, so like I literally will just I'll just eat shredded cheese out of the bag. I do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I like stand the taco there, or shredded Mexican cheese. Blend. Um, uh, taco cheese is my favorite. That's but from my honestly, childhood. but honestly, like the cheese that I like crave anymore. There's two kinds. Okay. okay. Queso fresco, like fresh off the block. Queso fresco. Yeah, yeah, like, I love that. Cut it into a freaking wedge and just like go. Um, or the Belgioso brand, it has to be Belgioso brand of the ricotta con latte. 
Yes. I was okay. Here's the thing. All it this is Italian so... cheese in my grocery store is Belgio. So I'm like, what one is she gonna say? I've had them all. <laughs> the the ricotta con latte. It is it's oh. thick. It's 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 got just enough, like so, like the tiniest bit of salt, but it's sweet. Yes. It's everything. And I eat it and I'm just like, oh my God, I want a cannoli. Yeah, see, Matt, that's, I like eating cream cheese. <laughs> like you, I you like pause, period. You <laughs> pause long enough, I'm just like, you know what? Same, I love eating too. I love eating. <laughs> For cheese, I love cream cheese and I don't, no why i eat so much cream cheese it's such a but it has craving. to be filled it has to be philadelphia brand yes um i've become I, i've become a taster of that's not I, philadelphia cream uh, yeah i'm a i am a i am a bitch when it comes to cream cheese because here's the thing here's the thing i was given that's the title of your episode i'm a bitch when it comes to cream that's fine that's fine it works for me um but um i don't remember how i obtained it i don't know if i accidentally bought it or if it was given to me i don't remember but somehow a box of store brand great value cream cheese made it into my house i'm like okay well it's i mean it's cream cheese it's cream cheese what's what could be so different oh my god I tasted it and I literally, I threw it away. I spit it out and I threw the whole thing away. And I was like, that is garbage. Garbage. It's garbage. It's bad. Yeah. Our grocery store store brand is not terrible. So like there is a generic that I'll get. If it's like in cream cheese, it's like an ingredient in a dip. And I don't really, I'm not eating the cream cheese myself. Or if it's like, oh, look, but I got to throw like, a party I and I need a budget. I, I, know, I can tell. But I'm just, it's I'm like, just, I'm just, I don't cheap. know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. It's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Cause it's like, no, it's totally real. It could, I, mean, I could be mixing it. I could mix it with, you know, all of the spice, all of the, all of the seasonings, all of the other cheeses, meats, whatever, peanut butter. I don't know. I could mix it with anything and I could still tell because yeah. Philadelphia just has it just hits different it's, and it's, it's just it's, to me i think it's really you can tell when it's in the packaging i mean it's always softer it's always yes it's not a the brick. other stuff is like a brick it's hard and it's like i don't have to why is it hard cheese in the microwave usually to mix it with things it is funny what during the holidays philadelphia cream cheese is so expensive here though that's the shitty thing about living in a big city it's Dude, brand name venmo me venmo me i'll ship it to you <laughs> yes cooler full of cream cheese dylan's like worst culinary enemy because he hates cheese like he likes cheese and italian food that's his exception seriously but seriously if you ever have a hankering for philly, philly when, cheese. I go, when i go come to nebraska i tend to buy a lot of things and like bring a cooler and take it back to chicago because well, i Every time I go to every time I go to the store, I go to Walmart because I'm poor. Okay. Um, but they yeah. sell they sell the twin packs of Philadelphia cream cheese for three dollars. Oh. And I'm like, I can get two for three dollars? Absolutely. Definitely. And anymore, like <laughs> I will I will sit down. Okay, so you know the whole fad of like sticking takis into a jalapeno that's filled with cream cheese. Have yes, you seen and that? I, and I kind of do like it. <laughs> I, um, think... I freaking love it. Oh, good. I love it. I have no I shame. It, I learned it from Miranda Sings. Um, I learned and... it from Lizzo. I watched her for an entire minute just eating them. And I'm like, okay, 
cool. You know why I think part of the reason that's so satisfying to watch is because of how loud it is. It's a very loud food. And it is. My cat is gonna make up wake up my kid. Okay, no, he's not. Okay, cool. Okay, good. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I love that combo so much. And you're right though. I mean, it has to be Philadelphia cream cheese. There is just it something does. about it. It does. Um, it just yeah. doesn't taste good. The other cheese that I eat a lot of is the taco blend shredded cheese. And that's because of my mom. She would, when I was a kid, you I know, always buy taco blend. They'd always buy taco blend. And they'd always, my mom would always eat a little bit after she finished making the tacos or nachos or whatever. And then she would give me some. Little did I know that that would turn into a lifetime of eating cheese freely, <laughs> like whenever I want, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, like, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I, at one point I was sick of my mom not offering me more cheese. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to eat cheese like whenever I want now. But right. I, I do, I do like Gouda cheese a lot. Um, Gouda is good. I like smoked cheeses. Yes, definitely. We always, I always pick up a bag, like one of the two pound bags of Fiesta blend and one of taco blend. And those are, those are our shredded cheese. I did have a couple of these questions I wrote specifically for you. A lot of these questions I ask everyone and we've actually covered a monumental amount that I was lined up really. But um, one thing that I was always interested in is you and I like celebrity chefs and cooking shows and all that. Who was your first with the cooking shows like your first favorite host on like food network or sometimes pbs had stuff too but um i briefly mentioned this but literally um every day because we didn't have cable at my dad's house we didn't have dish for a long time so Mm -hmm. we had like four channels right and one of them was pbs and Every day I would watch chocolate with Jacques Torres <laughs> and uh, Julia Child's cooking show right after that. Oh, so it, that's, I love that it's the old school. It's like the first and kind of the one and only in that way. Like the, the, it's so yeah. gra- I Her show is so groundbreaking. I, I did watch it finally when I moved here. Like when I had mm-hmm. days off, I would watch it. And just to see, you know, a really kind of complicated food in a way. It's French. It's proper French food. Oh, yeah. And, oh, you know, yeah. to see it broken down so well and made to look easy because of just, you know, you have a vibrant personality. Well, showing it well to not you. only that, but it, it, it strips away fear. Yes. yes. Of French food. Because we have this whole view of French gastronomique, you know, and it's like, you know, just everything is absolutely precise and perfect. And, and it's very, very, very bougie. And it's like, no, it's really not. Yeah. It's a stick of butter with some fish, you know, yeah. or like Burblanc, you know, it's not hard to make a Burblanc. Burblanc. You know, it's so funny. We had a at the restaurant I worked at before the pandemic started, and um, I'm hoping to go back to when it ends. Um, we had a French chef, and we called him Frenchy. 
and his name is oh my god why can't i remember his name arno his name's arno it's just been so long since i've seen him <laughs> but like mm-hmm. but it was so funny because frenchie would do stuff he's like if you want to know what i'm doing watch julia child like he's like he's like just watch that and you'll learn because i would always hover mm-hmm. that's the beauty of working with chefs i loved it so much because it was just mm-hmm. like i would just watch if i didn't have tables or if my tables were all kind of like eating and they already had yeah. enough alcohol in them it's like i'm just gonna sit back and watch frenchie bake chicken stock and see how he makes chicken stock. I learned so many tricks from him about home cooking, you know, but like in a chefy way. He'd be like, if you don't have chicken carcasses for chicken stock, go buy really cheap wings, like a dollar a pound, and roast them. And wings or legs. Yeah. He's like, buy the cheapest cut you can find and yeah. roast it. It does the same thing. He's like, buy a turkey neck, does the same thing. And he Okay. Okay. Can we talk about turkey necks? Because I love turkey necks. Eating or using? Because I love using them. I don't love eating them. Um. Okay. <laughs> okay. Eating turkey so, necks. I guess I never really. Um. My mother. Neck. Okay. This touches on your holiday question that I saw in there. Yes. Um. Yes. We make our dressing and stuffing. We take the giblets and the neck, and we boil it in stock and seasonings okay. and then we we blitz up this blitz up the giblets and then we strip all of the meat we can off of the neck and we put that in there and then this year for thanksgiving i was like okay well we have a turkey and i was so mad because i'm like the neck was like teeny tiny dinky. and i was so upset it was dinky i'm like that's lame and I went to high mine. He, and, what, but, okay, go ahead. I want to hear how you do this though. But the, I, the thing yeah. is, but the thing is, I went to high V um this year after Thanksgiving, and they were selling like packages packets of yeah. like three or four turkey necks, and they were massive. And I was like, <gasps> you know why all these turkeys that didn't get bought, they gotta do something with them. Yeah. And, and so our I, grocery store has them too, and I buy them I, sometimes. Oh, oh, I take them. Okay, so this year. What I did, usually I roast them with, you know, your basic seasonings. I like, you know, I like the the typical sage, thyme, garlic, yes, pepper, I'm, salt. I'm traditional. Like, I'm I very like traditional it. about it. Um, yeah. But like, so this year with those, they were so big. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder. I, had, I got my ninja at the beginning of quarantine. And I was like, I've used it pretty much every day. Since I bought it, it's so nice. But I took them and I put them in the pressure cooker and I pressure cooked them. And Mm -hmm. the meat, it like literally, I basically deboned it. I got every single piece of meat off of those bones, and it was the most tender. Like, have you ever had beef cheek? Yes, yes. It's as soft. It was as soft as that. Wow. See, and I was imagine like, imagine that with, with it. Here's, I know I was shook. I was so shook. I was like, Oh my God. I was like, Holy shit. I already taste this. And he was like, you're make me eat a neck. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like, and they're cheap. They're not expensive oh, to oh, buy. It was, it was four like, bucks. It was four for, bucks. Probably like for this 75 cents a pound or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. That's what and it is I in had, my grocery store. They're so they're dirt cheap in my yeah, store. And the thing is there was enough meat like that. I got off of those that I literally I had like a quart size Ziploc bag full. Wow. Of meat, and it was like busted. And so I was like, 
holy crap, I put it in, I made like individual servings of like, you know, turkey salad for like a sandwich and sure, things sure, like that. Sure. And it was so good. See, like, here's what my granddad taught me to do with the neck. Cause he came from Missouri and they did use the giblets, but he hated it. He was like, I think it's gross. He's like, I don't like innards in my things. That was, he was weird about that. And so oh, he, I would, love them. he would I toss the giblets, which I know Southern listeners stop listening. I just heard uh, like 20 Northern subscribes. Listeners, <laughs> Northern listeners are fucking rolling in their graves. I know it's bad. He would throw them away. I mean, I use them for stock, but like, you know, that's the thing Ina Garten taught me was if you can't utilize it at the dish, just use it in stock. Like it, it provides something, you know, but I'll do that. I know you're like seething, but like, I'll do. No, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just chilling. I'm chilling. It's okay. Here, the turkey neck would be used while roasting the turkey to give off the, to get all the fat out of it one, but also you would use it to kind of like give an extra turkey flavor to the bits you would then use in the gravy later. So like the turkey neck would sit in the pan the whole time the turkey's roasting. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you take the turkey out after you've carved it. And then when you make your gravy, you use the drippings. He would keep the neck in the boiling drippings. Kind of, he would always say it's like the extra turkey flavor that comes from the neck. He's like, it's just as another turkey flavored thing. And then he'd pull it out and probably discard it after the gravy was done. We... I never knew there was meat on the inside to eat. I thought it was just a big. It's neck. not on the inside. It's on the outside. Oh, <laughs> the meat. The meat is around the outside of the of the vertebra. See here. Oh, see, I just see the vertebra and I'm just like, oh, this just goes in. I also do put it in stock, though. I'll cook it mm -hmm. in stock because I know that it's really fatty. So so mm -hmm. it's like if you really want the, the richness, I like it in stock because it provides richness you don't get from yeah. other bones. So yeah. I usually save turkey necks for stock specifically, but the giblets, that's just a no go in my family. <laughs> like we just don't use them. I utilize them for something. I'll find a use for them, but See, I like, don't mind them. We were like, I don't know if it was because like growing up, poor because mm -hmm. even my mom like my mom's family um that's who i know used every part every part right of the animal because right. right. like my grandparents they had um they had a farm so they had dairy cattle they had hogs chickens they farmed the land all of it right, you know right, right. and i spent summers helping uh helping butcher chickens oh wow which that's not fun um i i i got the job of um cleaning the gizzards which was great and disgusting but um and so we used everything yeah and, my grandmother um, was very much from that same yeah. generation it's a generational thing definitely yeah you know my mom or my mom my grandmother grew up in the depression so my my uh, yeah yeah my grandma my grandma janet and my grandpa kitsman they they lived through the depression um big time and yeah. like there was actually it's interesting that you bring up the great depression when i was pregnant with my son flynn i went and visited my aunt deb ellsworth my i have two aunt debs so 
my okay. dad's sister, Deb. Um, sure. And she does a whole lot of family history things. She has a whole archive of stuff. And she showed me some recipes that she had in a big photo, like a big album of mm-hmm. just our family recipes. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And um, I have tons of pictures of them. And one of them was, um, what was it called? Baked tomatoes or something like that. And I was like, what is that? And she goes, oh, the, oh no, called stuffed tomatoes, stuffed tomatoes. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Okay. And I was like, whose is this? She goes, that is your great grandmother, Henrietta's recipe. And she created it in the depression when they had hardly anything. And so, um, it was literally like, oh, if I can remember it, I could search on my phone, but that'll take a long time. Um, but, but you know, you know, if anything, I mean, if you if it, it comes to you, please tell. But if you do find it, you could send it to me, and I could put it on our social media. Oh, show. that would be cool. No, it's like basically th- three or four ingredients, and it's tomatoes sliced, uh, laid on top of or underneath. I can't remember. Um, day old or so bread. Okay. That was purposefully dried out and then soaked with water and salt and then baked. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, but, that's very depression sounding. Well, yeah, but yeah. like it was so interesting because I asked my grandpa about it, you know, because this is his mom. And I asked him about it. He goes, oh, I loved that. That was a treat. That was a treat oh. when she made that because it was fresh tomatoes sure and i was like holy crap like yeah and like i'm sitting here and i think maybe maybe uh she used some garlic if she had it right like if they had it garlic and onions if they had grown some or happened to be able to you know and but yeah it was sparse wow i know my, it's crazy my grandmother, my grandmother was born in 1932 so mm-hmm. my granddad, her husband, so this is my dad's side, my dad's mom and dad. Yeah. My granddad was born in 1929. He always said the two worst things ever happened to America in 1929 were his birth and then the Great Depression. <laughs> it <was during> the crash. <laughs> but forgive me. Yeah. My cat is my cat is locked in a room. Oh, it's <laughs> you okay, Maddie? Okay. My cat is locked okay. in a room. <laughs> that happened once. I too. Just... I have once to our beagle, our old, old beagle now. He's he's 14 now. He's our only one. And but he got locked in a room and he was like, or I, Miles was like, oh shit, I think he's locked in the laundry room. Yeah, Maddie, you I just, I just heard this. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, no. she's in there. Oh, poor, poor Wilson. Did you ever meet my beagles when we went to Mm-mm. college? Oh, no. I had two. When I was in school with you, I had Sydney, who was purebred and had a pedigree mm-hmm. and, you know, very pretty and um, very bitchy. And she she lived to be 13, almost 14, and she passed away on July 6th of 2019. And the only reason I remember that is because I was home. I actually was there, which is just, she, she I, was so old. I went back for the fourth with Dylan. And I remember telling Dylan, I'm like, okay, we have two beagles. One is very old, so I don't know how she looks. The other one's Wilson. He's a big buffoon. And mm-hmm. so he's fine. 
but Sydney, she was so bony. And I'm like, oh God, this, and she had like one good day on the fourth. She saw everyone and she was ready. So I do remember that, but Wilson was, he, we adopted him when I was in high school Mm -hmm. and he, we're not sure if he's purebred. We think he's got some Corgi or something in him. Maybe he's very he's low to the ground and has a huge ass. So we're like, I, we don't know if he's full blown beagle, but he's 14 now and he's very, he's got <laughs> cataracts and he's got, he's got, he gets like night fears. And my mom inherited another dog from my aunt a couple years ago who's a snorky. And that a schnauzer, mini schnauzer, Yorkie terrier mix. They're very, he's, he's cute as shit. His name's Moose. And he's our model dog for our dog show. So if we ever have to do, if we ever try to get like sponsorships, we send pictures of him because he's so cute. But he he's adorable. Look on my mom's Instagram. Yeah. You'll see him yeah. everywhere. And um, he's a little shit though, because he barks a lot and he's just, he's a schnauzer. But yeah. I don't know. I it's just so funny with cats and dogs and getting stuck in rooms. It's just Wilson. That's happened to Wilson before. Wilson would get stuck in places he didn't mean to. He once got stuck behind my dad. Used to have one before before the divorce. So, so we keep <laughs> pre-divorce. saying pre-divorce. My dad had a big screen TV, but that was back in the day when big screen TVs were literal like boxes, like rectangular. Mm-hmm. giant giant pieces installations and so in the back behind that there was like the power cord and there was like a little doorway that went to a back hallway in our house the the door was kind of like wedged shut but wilson somehow got back there and then we couldn't find him and we were like where's wilson and we just hear this so we heard him snoring he fell asleep because it was warm behind the tv so he went back there to take a nap and then we were like, oh, my God, Wilson's napping behind the television. We were like, that can't continue because there's electronics back there. That can't continue. <laughs> but I remember we woke him up and then he realized he couldn't get out. He, like, didn't know how to get out of the little corner he was in. So we got him out, but not after having to move the TV, <laughs> like get, you know, this little, like, chunky beagle out. Like, <laughs> but, oh, bless Wilson. Him. Oh, beagle boy, Wilson bless he's, him he's my brother's dog now my brother is like oh, really yeah they're very attached um oh gosh okay so this podcast is going to be so long and so great that's <laughs> gonna be i have no idea how long we've been talking um, i uh, i don't either honestly i have no idea zoom doesn't tell you so it's always a surprise um <laughs> one thing though i do want to ask you about because i know your mom has done like a lot of cooking am i i'm right in saying that right like you're or no or yes yes and no like she um she did a lot of cooking when we were younger okay up until like when i was in like middle school and like she still makes her staples like pot roast like sure sure i her pot roast and her meatloaf i adore them and i've watched her make them I've watched her make them. She's written it down for me. Like, and it never is the same. It never turns out like hers. I don't know. I think it's the pans to be quite honest with you. You know, that could be true. That could be true. I think it's the freaking pans. You know, I discovered my great, sorry, my, to interrupt you, my grandmother's recipes 
they tasted better when I, everything tastes better in her cast iron, everything, cinnamon rolls, her recipe for, for like pan fried fish even, which is hard to do in cast iron. Cause it's like, it you cook that in cast iron, but like, you know, fried stuff, any like pan fried, anything, it tastes better. I'm like, I think this had something to do with it. Oh, and I, that's, I think down. that's totally right. Yeah. Hands down. Does your mom cook her meatloaf in a loaf? Uh-huh. And a okay. little pan. I do free form. See, and Aaron's Aaron's family does free form too, which is not bad. It's not bad. But there's something about the loaf pan. No, I get it. I, I love it's... I like to me, like it w- <laughs> when when I have meatloaf with Aaron's family. Yes. I don't call it meatloaf. I call it meat log. <laughs> it's a meat log. I think for, for air, for Dylan's Aaron's Aaron's not my <laughs> husband for Dylan, for Dylan. It's a meat slab. Meat it's slab. sort of mm-hmm. a more, it's not like, because it flattens. it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a deflated football is kind of how I yeah. think it looks like. Yeah. Like, and see to me, that's not a loaf. That's not sure. a loaf. You know, it's really I mean, I understand. Too. I understand it's probably based on like like freeform loaves, like bread loaves, but like you know though, there is there are I really find there are two schools of thought with meatloaf and I do mm-hmm. two different kinds. So Dylan's family the the flavors are completely different. They do like a salsa meatloaf. So it's actually really good. So it's ground beef and ground pork so like uh-huh. what you usually use i like veal but that's kind of unethical see we we just do straight beef <laughs> see i do pork beef is okay my thing is that in a traditional meatloaf so the american style you know diner meatloaf beef gets so dry when you bake it pork adds a little extra fattiness to it so mm-hmm. you get a, almost like a sausagey quality to it with the pork. I wish you still lived here so I could take you to my mom's house. I bet it's delicious. Because and- the thing is, hers uses all beef. Mm-hmm. It's beef. And she makes it like 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 a meatball, basically. So it's beef, salting crackers, eggs. Ooh. And then she puts in milk. Or like half and half, and um, then seasonings, yeah, and then seasonings, and then she finally chops up onions and you know salt, pepper, garlic. Sure. Very not not a ton of seasonings and lawries. You have to use lawries. Um, yeah, that's a, that's that's like a it's com- a, that's common. It's, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, that's the Midwest way. Yeah, I have I have the Costco size lawries. <laughs> um, I have the, I have the I have the jumbo size. Lowry's and adobo because I've come oh to I have a giant adobo, adobo too so good. oh I love it I love it anyway um but yeah and she puts it in her loaf pan and it bakes up and it has it's fluffy it's fluffy yeah see gosh and I it's wonder... so and it's so I know so many people hate the word sorry Tony Bennell it's so moist I hate that word too <laughs> I know so but, it is. No, but it but... is but it is. Gossett, Gossett liked queef. She didn't like queef. That was the word that didn't? triggered her. Brittany Gossett. Oh yeah, she hates the word queef. I was like, moist. For me, it was moist because people would say moist to me and then queefed her. It was like, God, stop it! Like, 
Creamy is the other word I hate. Yeah, you don't I hate like the word creamy. Either. I hate the word yeah. creamy. Yeah. The cake section is just a whole source of trauma for my life. It is filled supreme with triggers. moist. Filled supreme with moist. triggers. It's like, I don't need anything supreme. Um, meatloaf, though. Back to meatloaf. Let me tell you how I do it. Because people tell me my way is weird. So I do ground beef, ground mm-hmm. pork. Yeah. I do the regular seasonings. However, I do up the paprika a little bit. Like, just a teeny bit. And then I do... What kind egg. of paprika? Is it just regular paprika or is it smoked? It, here's the thing. So there's... Because regular I, paprika doesn't taste like anything. I do smoked, but a lot of people will argue okay. me on saying that smoked is the wrong kind. And I'm like, no, no smoked, smoked is the right smoked, kind. Smoked Hungarian is the right kind because it paprika. actually has flavor. Regular paprika is just for color because buy, it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, I buy the paprika that comes in the red and gold tin that is like smoked Hungarian paprika. I have, I have two boxes, and they're the the orange boxes. I think it's Sego S E G O brand. I don't know, um, but the yeah. Hungarian hot paprika. I have that one. I have that. I have my spice cabinet. It. Spice the spice cabinet is overflowing. <laughs> like, um, I have a wealth, and I keep buying it. You know what's really funny? It's really funny. If ever you come to Chicago, this is well, this is this is not really funny so much as it is like we'll laugh at ourselves if it happened. Yeah. But if you whenever you come to Chicago, there is a store here called the Savory Spice. And it's just a spice store. You can buy anything you've ever dreamed of there and they make their own blends. Richard every Christmas buys me a bag. I shit you not, a bag of their Lincoln Avenue pizza seasoning. Because it's like you can put it on your pizza. Like it's got oregano, parsley, thyme, uh, crushed red pepper flakes, and dried garlic. And you can just sprinkle it on your pizza. And oh, it, it my God. And there's so many other things that that store has too. Richard, so like I said, Richard gets me that, but it kicked off because he gives me the gift sets of their like homemade spice rubs. Like, so I've got like a burger blend and, all their herbs and everything are like they're responsibly sourced and they're, I love that. And they're fresh. Like there's like a price, there's like a guarantee, like, you know what you're paying for. I bought like, and it's really not that expensive um, for most like common things. It's like, but at the same time, it's so high quality. And the next door is an olive oil store. Okay. I love olive oil stores. There used to be one downtown in the Haymarket and they closed. Um, they're they sold oil and different I balsamic remember that vinegars. store they were open for years it. they were open for I like decades love, I oh, love that, that makes store. me sad that they went out mm-hmm. of business did mm-hmm. they close or was it pandemic or they were closed before the pandemic okay I wonder if they just that had been there forever I remember yeah. that shop well and the thing is I'm wondering I think they I don't know if they closed closed or if they just moved Sure. Because I know that the city raised right now, they're pretty hard. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, with meatloaf, we were talking about meatloaf. Yeah, we were talking about meatloaf. <laughs> we are talking about meatloaf. Um, I do my meatloaf with, uh, the difference I do is I take white bread and I put it in the food processor and I make breadcrumbs out of that. So I make, I use soft breadcrumbs. Oh, soft breadcrumbs? Oh, I don't okay. let them dry out. Yeah. And then. Well, but still, that's still not that weird. Yeah, but I don't know. I do onions, so pretty standard everything. And then I, sometimes I do the traditional ketchup on the top, but I spread it. 
Otherwise, I make uh, it's I mix ketchup with brown sugar and barbecue sauce and a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. Okay, that's more tolerable. That I I absolutely one hundred percent detest ketchup in its entirety. I hate hate ketchup. The smell of it is like terrible. I mean, it's not a good smell. I hate it. No, I hate it. It's not a good smell. I I hate the way it. I hate the way it tastes. I hate the way it looks. It's oopy. It's gross. Um, I I don't really even like. I don't like condiments really. I'm I'm not a big fan of mayo. Like, I'll use some mayo is gross. I'll I'll use some Miracle Whip. Like that's worse. Tiny, <laughs> that's worse tiny. To me, <laughs> no, not to me. Just because that's what I grew up with. Sure. Regular mayonnaise tastes like straight up just eggs to me, which is just. Yeah. I mean, I like eggs. I like eggs, but like, I like eggs. spreadable. I don't think I like spreadable. I don't need an emulsion of egg and oil. You know, hydrogenated <laughs> egg. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Um, it's so funny. I'm, my family loves mayonnaise. My aunt loves mayonnaise. <laughs> Just like it's so <laughs> like it's white. Who hurt you? Char. <laughs> Who hurt you? But she's very particular. She'll only buy Hellman's. She'll only buy brand name. She's like, I only buy Hellman's mayo because it's the only good one. And I'm like, well, at least you have standards, I guess. Like, you know, it's like that doesn't defend that it's just gloopy and white. Vile. People, Vile. I, I remember at work, you're going to love this story. Um, we would get the industrial tubs of mayonnaise. Because that's how it's shipped to restaurants. And the best way I learned to get all the mayo out in one go without having to use a spatula is to stab four sides in and stab the top. Oh, yeah. And it goes. It just it sloops out into one big mass. And I always it was so pleasing to watch with terrible, terrible at the same time. The other thing I used to have guests always request for mayonnaise because, you know, people like it. And as a condiment, or they want extra people like people it. like it. And I remember <laughs> one time, I don't know who did the ordering, but the mayonnaise we got was extra thick, and it said it in big letters on the front. <laughs> it was like restaurant, some restaurant brand, extra thick, high quality mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened it, and this is this is how we had to get condiments out of these things because we didn't always it was so low requested like so in often we would ha- we couldn't just dish it because it would go bad and it'd be waste so we'd have to wear like gloves that looked like you were going to inseminate a cow they went up to like your elbow and you'd get a big spoon and you'd scoop it out <laughs> but you know you were gloved up it was safe that was what the health department told us to do so if anyone's weirded out by that that's what we were told to do and I remember it would look like you're going in and it would get all over the glove and you would come out with just a greasy spoonful of literally like cake frosting consistency mayonnaise. And you'd be like into like a little ramekin. <laughs> then, you know, you'd go disrobe over at dish. And then it was like, get put the extra thick duty, heavy duty mayo in the fridge again. But yeah, that's how it was. Yeah. That's how we did it. And it was awful because it's just like, you know, you're plunging your gloved hand arm, your gloved arm rather into a big ass tub of mayo. 
mustard too. Mustard came the same way. Uh, I don't so like mustard either. I like Dijon specifically. We would get Grey Poupon in the restaurant. Like it was legit. And I'd be like, ooh, the fancy schfancy mustard. Some like, Grey Poupon. Do you have any Grey Poupon? Aaron always says that to me when he sees Grey Poupon in my fridge. Aaron Mann. Like he'll always, he comes over and be like, oh, do you have any Grey Poupon? I'm like, stop going through my condiments, Aaron. Like, uh, <laughs> but yeah do your kids like ketchup or flynn nora nora doesn't like sauces she's kind of like me like i mean i like sauces it's weird it's weird no i get it it's like if it's it's a part of the dish then yes but if it's not necessary then why i get it yeah i'm Mm -hmm. i'm I'm the opposite of there must always be a sauce because i'm just me and i'm i'm like let's live in excess see okay (laughs) here's the thing here's the thing I I adore Barblancs. I adore I adore the Holl- type of Hollandaise. like, you like Holl- Hollandaise? Oh, Hollandaise. I could drink it. Dude. I could drink it. Oh my god! I went to a breakfast place in Lincoln when I was home for Christmas, and it's up on Seventieth and A. And it's like Evan something. It's like a breakfast place in the Clock Tower Plaza. Up yep. There. Yep. Yep. And I ordered their eggs Benny, and. My mom, you know, this was in the pandemic. So to me, it's weird to go out to eat because we're we don't do it here still in Chicago. And it just I wish we up. didn't do it here. I wish we didn't and, uh, do it I here. I feel I feel we I felt weird, but I just don't, you know, it's not I'm not the host, so I'm not, you know, I'm not in charge. But I did get a very good eggs Benny there to their credit, and it was very good. And it was my mom made fun of me because like, oh, I'll have the eggs benedict. With extra ham and extra hollandaise on the side. And my mom was like, Good God, Wesley. And I'm like, What? It's good. Shut up. And she brought me like a like a like a prep ramekin full of hollandaise. And I was like, oh my God. Like that's, that's intense. <laughs> but I'll eat it. I should have ordered like asparagus or something too. Just be like, oh, I'll use the rest of this, God. you know. Oh. I love asparagus so much. Oh, so do I. But no, Flynn loves ketchup and it kind of breaks my soul. Um, Does Aaron Aaron, like ketchup? Yeah, yeah, he does. And it's the thing is, normal people like ketchup. I am not a normal people. I don't remember my dad ever eating ketchup or my mom. My dad dad always ate Heinz 57 sauce. My dad always used yeah i remember my dad liking steak sauce i remember my 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 dad always liked horseradish flavored stuff mm-hmm. i love or i love horseradish with steak, i can't do it love it i love it my mom would always use soy sauce because you know she's asian i guess so, so that would be her condiment if she ever had a bowl of rice or you know even like i even put so i watched her put it in like soup like if she'd make like a can of soup she'd put a couple dashes of soy sauce in just i mean why not it's like added umami it really is yeah and my aunt Mm -hmm. dina does it too but um yeah i don't know i i'm all over condiment land i love condiments i'm like red robin's like my dream place because it's like give me all the condiments you have okay red robin's campfire sauce fire Fire. It's easy to make. It's just mayo and barbecue sauce with. Like I know, which sauce. which kind of kills me because I hate mayo. I love I barbecue sauce. I love. I love barbecue, barbecue sauce. sauce. 
I like Love Sweet it. Baby Ray's because I'm just from the Midwest and it's um, I like all kinds. I like Famous I, Dave's. My God, I just I love all kinds. I like Famous Dave's um the sweet and zesty. Yeah, I have that in the fridge actually. <laughs> yeah, I love and that. It's the purple and, one, right? Oh my god, yes, the purple one. It's better. Um, but anymore, I like this just the I love spicy. I love spicy. I've, so it's like yeah. the spicier, the better for me. So we've really been addicted to Frank's red hot lately. Love that's, Frank's that's gone on everything. Frank's. Here. I put that shit on. Everything. Love Frank's. I love, love Frank's. Frank's. I like we have it's, it's so versatile. Like, well, the thing is, we have so much hot sauce. We have so much hot sauce. Aaron loves hot sauce. I love hot sauce. Um, because so we got Frank's, we've got Cholu- we got original Cholula, we've got chili garlic, we've got chili lime, we've got the chili verde, um, we've got the chipotle. I like that um, one. Yeah. Um, I have well. in the fridge, we have tiger sauce. We have okay, um, my mom likes that. Oh, we have this one. Is it El Yucatan or is it like remember. Louisiana Crystal? <laughs> trying to think of what um, ones I've got. There's if you are you posting the video of this, people are gonna be like, God, she moves around so freaking. No, much. no, it's it's just it's just audio. Okay. This is okay, solely cool. an audio show. Yeah, cool. don't worry. It's all good. Um here we go. Pick a pepper. Ooh. I'll have to get a bottle of that. Mm-hmm. Product of the Pick Pepper Company in Jamaica. Then we got tiger sauce. And then we've got um, magic pepper sauce by uh, Chef Paul uh, Prudhomme from New, okay. from New Orleans. From Ooh, New Orleans. Magic. This man, this man, he's dead now. Um, but he was a very um, well-known chef down in Louisiana. And specifically New Orleans. Um, he has a spice. Where did I put it? Is it in here? He has a whole line of spices. Yep. Sure. This. I've seen that in my it is, grocery store. It is my favorite. One of my favorite seasonings. It's got, of course, it's got sugar in it, obviously. But like, it's it's got a hint of sweet it's got savory it's it's so it's just so good and there's what i like is there's whole mustard seed yeah i do love whole whole mustard and they seeds. just and they just like pop yes see the one that, thing, see that's weird i like mustard seed i just don't like mustard what's really interesting is that i really like whole grain mustard which mm. That's like kind of the best of both and i do well, before richard and i went to germany this is my smoked whole, paprika Okay, I've seen that one. Mine, I think, is the the same kind. Just in, it's just red. It's just like a red, yep, little pin. And then I have um, sweet. This is the that's brand. the one I've got. That's the one yep. I've got. This yeah. is the sweet paprika. I've got the hot of that brand. Yep, I have the sweet, and then I have um, the hot. For sure, I have two yeah. of the hot. Yeah. I have two of the hot because why not yeah um my spice cabinet's full of oh my god my spice cabinet has so much stuff i also I, do i, like I have a giant like <laughs> oh, wow. i have a giant drawer and then forgive my counters but like i'll take I a picture so of mine because mine is in the, is in one i i've managed to quell it into one cabinet I am envious and, because it used to be just in the drawer and now it's like caitlin you have a freaking problem <laughs> I have a baking oh. cabinet. I have a spice cabinet. I have a baking cabinet too. 
This stuff, Ooh, buttery Kinder's Buttery Steakhouse. I got it at Costco. It literally, like, you know the, okay. So you know when you get a steak and you know for a fact they've basted it in butter before they give it to you? Yes. And you know that, that because that butter, it kind of pools on, on your plate and there's pepper in it. That's what it tastes like. Ooh, I'm gonna Amazon like all of it's this after so the good. It is so good. Um oh and I'll, of course I have tashi, tahin. Tahin. Oh, tahin, yeah. Tahin. Tahin, yeah. Um it's a tricky one because a lot of I speak like Mexican Spanish, so it's like tahin. There's a lot of almost like tahin. Hebrew in there. Like tahin. I okay, so I did a Instagram impulse purchase one day because of an ad, obviously typical. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's this company called Lucha Frutas. Okay. I've never heard of it. Um, they <laughs> take candies. Uh-huh. And so like, you know, the sour rope can't like the sour, like rope belt candies. Yeah. Um, they take those um, gummy bears and they have these, they're like bean shaped, but they're mango candies filled with mango like jelly oh my and they take these candies and they toss them in this spicy syrup and then they coat it in spice i think i've had this before um, i get yes they have I've, and they make it and they put it on suckers yes. it is oh so God. good yes i got that at okay i got that at 7-eleven because <laughs> Here's the thing. There's no 7-Elevens in Nebraska. That's not a thing there. No, in I Chicago, love 7-Eleven. There used to be a 7-Eleven in Nebraska. Really? Oh, I don't yeah. remember. There was one in Wayne back when I was like four. I remember stopping there before we went to uh, hey, like, Florida. I see. I'd never seen one because I'm so used to like you stop and Hy-Vee. Yeah. That's what we have in Nebraska. But when I got here, 7-Elevens aren't gas stations. They're just convenience stores. Yeah. And they sell all of that. And I've had that, the spice-covered mango. They're so fucking good. Good. I went through a huge mango phase because I got addicted to the Trader Joe's mango, dried mango slices. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I, like, ate myself sick of them. And They're so good. I I would eat so many. I would eat so many that I would get, like, canker sores. Yeah, or oh like God. sores on the top of my mouth because of the acidity. Because they're still and, acidic. Yeah, because they're and still fruit. I, and then I would have to drink pineapple juice to get rid of the canker sores because that's that helps. It helps help with bruises too. That. You ever have I've a nasty bruise? Just drink some pineapple juice and it'll help heal. Pineapple juice has a vitamin in it that's like really helpful for for bruising or something. Holy shit! Yeah, I, didn't I, know that. I, I, I knew that because. um well, you get bruised up when you're slutty, so <laughs> I'll put it that way. <laughs> How did I look nice for shows? Pineapple juice. <laughs> How did I get rid of hickeys and bruises on my ass? Pineapple juice. Be sure to tune in next week to hear part two of Kate's episode. If you'd like to support this show, don't forget to subscribe and please give the show a rating on your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at gfbf at arcadiapodcastnetwork.com. I hope you join me next week for another episode of Good Food for Bad Friends from the Arcadia Podcast Network.